All right, it looks like we are good to go here. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to yet another Sunday edition of the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is show number 240. Naturally, this is your host, Invader, and it is great to see you all here tonight as more people start filing into the show. There are a bunch of things uh, that we're planning on going over tonight, including the news and announcements that uh, were coming out of Gamescom. Also, Xbox's Phil Spencer recently did an interview that dropped uh, with a few little tidbits. We'll touch on that. Plus, uh, PlayStation price increases. Uh, You know, is this a wise move from Sony? We will touch on that and a bunch more stuff. But first, let me introduce everybody in the panel tonight. Kicking things off with Centurion. Buddy, hey, how's uh, things going on your end? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm excited for tonight's show. It's going to be an absolute blast. we got a lot of things to talk about. Um, There is definitely uh, some salt flowing in those Twitter streets, but man, tonight's going to be an exciting show. Yeah, yeah, I've been seeing uh, lots of different commentary coming out, and uh, (laughs) yeah, there's been uh, some salt mines opening up for sure. Uh, but we will get into that soon. Uh, moving on down the list well, here. Real quick, I just remembered, I bought an Xbox 360 today. Oh, really? Very yep, because nice. I was seeing you talk about Space Marine. So I went out to a local game store called Fallout Games out here, and I bought an Xbox 360 and Space Marine. No way. It's all your fault. Yes. <laughs> what, uh, what model is it? Like uh... E-Series. What, what, is, that, is that like the, the like yeah, shiny black one? The Elite? Yeah. Uh, I would say it's. I think it's. It's when they really stopped looking like Xbox 360s, in my opinion. The original. It's, 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 the, it's like the final revision. Okay. The final revision. Yeah. I got That's like one with a 258 hard drive. I mean, yeah. I just wanted to be able to experience some. Yeah, you get it. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, honestly, I look forward to your reaction from it because it's a pretty badass game. Like honestly. Um, not to mention, you know, again, you got Space Marine 2 coming out, well, hopefully next year, but, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but I, I highly rec- recommend it. It's a kick-ass game. Uh, moving on down the list here, I'll go over to Tim Dog, Buddy, hey, it's great to see you back on here. Uh, how you been? Very busy. I'm happy to be here. We got a lot to talk about. It's going to be a really fun show. Um, a lot of, uh, in the middle of the summer, usually is really dead, but this week, some real topics and some fiery topics and, uh, a lot of opinions going to be going, uh, all over the place. Uh, but yeah, I've been, uh, busy. Uh, I spoke to you guys about my new job and going to school, traveling, uh, went to New Jersey last week, went to the Giants checking in Jersey again this week, but got home early enough to hit the show. Um, so I'm happy to be here. Uh, we got a lot to catch up on and, uh, it's going to be a great show. So stick around, leave a like and leave a comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, uh, some good suggestions there, Timmy. Moving on down, we got general MLD buddy. I know you're itching to uh, chime in here. No doubt. Oh yeah. Got some very interesting topics to, to discuss today. A lot of Xbox conferences, uh, Sony making uh, questionable moves. Uh, it's the whole shebang here. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Gonna give me a fun night. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt, my friend. 
But uh, yeah, lots to talk about. But uh, before we dive in, just a very, very quick reminder to give a show a like, as Tim was saying, and hey, to share this show out, believe it or not, it does greatly help, especially with like the algorithm and whatnot. So uh, hey, help promote us, help get the show out, and let everybody know that we are live because, you know, we have some pretty kick-ass conversations here. Uh, you know, not trying to uh, tell myself too much, but I think, you know, we have a pretty awesome thing going on Sunday nights. All right, uh, we got some people filing in on the chat here, some pretty awesome people. Guys, you rock. And on that note, I think we'll lead into our first topic of the night. And this week we had Gamescom come and go. Uh, actually, hey, pretty... I'm not getting no introduction. Oh, buddy, buddy. You know what? I totally forgot about you. Sorry. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, sorry, Crusader. Buddy, what's up? I exist. It's okay. Um, you know, it's been a good weekend. A wedding on Saturday, IT emergency at a place that I volunteer today. So, you know, good times, good times, good topics tonight. Let's just get into them. <laughs> I just had to be funny about it. <laughs> no, you know what? I totally forgot because, you know, you're as uh, silent as a church mouse right now. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but for good reason, for good reason, of course. But uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me on that, buddy. And uh, I know, you know, you're a little bit tired, but I know that you will be commenting on a few things too. So uh, oh, yeah. don't worry, guys. He's not dead. He's just, you know, a little tired. He's been, uh, it's a little bit of a rough weekend. Uh, one celebratory and uh, one not so much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah guys uh i guess on that note again we will uh chime in onto the topics and yeah again we will uh go into gamescom of course and again we had some new topics along uh, sorry new announcements along with some new gameplay for games that we already knew about um certainly some announcements for game pass too that i mean i thought they were pretty cool but, uh, yeah, I'm curious what everybody on the panel thinks, uh, how Gamescom went. General MLD buddy, my gaming fanatic friend, I'll kick this one off with you. Uh, anything catch your eye at this year's show? Like, any games, any, like, different uh, peripheral announcements, game trailers? You know, what what, what really uh, caught you? Yeah, well, of course. Um, I did enjoy, uh, well, I didn't really, I could, didn't have time to watch it live, but you catch the highlights, all that stuff. It wasn't a, I wouldn't call it a bad show. It wasn't a phenomenal show either. It was just down the middle, which is fine. I think there was uh, some pretty good announcements for everybody. Uh, for me, you, I saw that Callisto Protocol new trailer. It looked great. Like the like the creator from the original Dead Space, like you clearly no, see that you know, he's trying to put all of his talent into this thing. You see so many similarities to Dead Space. All, all the things are there, dismemberment, custom death scenes, things like that. I'm really looking forward to playing this. I'm glad that it's it made the 2022 cut, so that was good for me. Then you got, um, well, of course, everyone's talking about Lies of P, Day 1 Game Pass. Like one, I think that stole the show, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people agree. Mm -hmm. yeah. Especially coming off me, I just beat Elden Ring. It's my first Souls game I just beat. Like, felt very rewarding. Now I'm looking for, like, the next kind of fix. And this seems to be, like, the next best thing because people are saying, you know, it has, like, um, well, I never play, obviously, but they say that it looks like Bloodborne. It, it plays off of that, but a little more refined, arguably. I'm like, okay, sounds good to me. Like, an another Souls game not made by From Software. Okay, great. More competition in the genre is great news. Uh, more, more uh, the genre is going to thrive. That's great. So I'm looking forward to that. High on Life got another uh, look at that. Yeah, it looks okay. 
No, not for me specifically, but no, no I, I'm a fan of Rick and Morty. You know, I'll, I'll look at the reviews, see how it is. Uh, Age of Empires 4 got some DLC. I will say, as a, as a complaint, I was hoping that they would announce a console port, but I guess maybe it's going to be next year. Maybe they want to um, expand the game as much as possible on PC and then just pour it over later. I'm hoping that's the case. But for now, it, it's getting more content, which is always welcome. Uh, let's see. Lords of the Fallen, that looked good. Dead, Dead Island 2, finally, after years and years of development, it's finally coming out soon. It looks pretty good. Let's see. The DualSense, uh, what, Pro controller for, for PlayStation? Like, hey, I'm glad, great on them. They finally got one. It just, uh, it's just funny that, you know, Xbox did this thing in, like, 2015, and only now are they finally catching up. But, hey, hey, they're finally doing it, so uh, good for them. Uh, I looked, actually, there's, like, a Pentiment update, and I'm, I'm actually I'm actually closely following this game. It's, from what they tell me, from what they tell us, it's not, like, a strictly RPG like Fallout New Vegas was. It's more like an adventure RPG, where, like, you're, you you could pick things from your character, like his background, like his education, uh, things like that. But otherwise, it's a very personalized RPG. Yes, it's still all about choices and consequence, but based on what you pick for him, for his upbringing and background, it's a very uh, the dialogue is very unique to to what you choose in the in the beginning and and the choices you make along the way. So it still is very much an RPG, but more personalized. And I like that. Like no two playthroughs will be the same. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that more than ever now. And otherwise, yeah, it was, it was overall a pretty good show. I, I think Game Pass overall stole, stole the show. Like Xbox may have some big games delayed into next year, but they're showing that with Game Pass, like you could still, the value is still insane. Now, next year, and yeah, for the rest of the generation and beyond, like the, the games, they're giving you a ton of games. So I think that was the message, and I think Xbox really killed it there. Oh yeah, I forgot uh, Dune. That looks that mm -hmm. looks interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a survival MMO. I'm curious to see how it will actually look in gameplay. So color, I, I'm not usually into MMOs, but I'm very intrigued with that. So I'm I'm keeping an eye on that too. But yeah, I liked it. Mm -hmm. No, no, that's uh, you covered uh, your bases pretty well there, MLD, with all the games. I mean, Dead Island 2, it had got leaked a little bit earlier, so uh, people kind of knew about it. You know, that game, I mean, it was a bit of a re-reveal, right? Because I remember it was at uh, PlayStation's uh, E3 back in 2014, and I was like, oh, you know what, that uh, that game looks pretty cool. But then it just, it went through, like, it just went underwater, you know, like... It, you know, I think they had to pass it on to a different studio, and uh, no, I mean it's cool for it to come back. I'm, apparently, it's supposed to have a a pulp kind of an overtone, which sounds kind of cool. And it releases, uh, well, supposedly February third, so not too far off, not too far off. Uh, hopefully, that doesn't get delayed. Uh, new tales of the Borderlands as well. Uh, some people I know will probably enjoy that. Um, and yeah, actually, are any of you guys like old, like 80s movies fans? Like there was a killer clowns from outer space game announced. I, I couldn't believe that. That was really random, but cool at the same time. So, yeah, I like that. I was a fan of that. Oh, yeah. Um, for me, uh, I, I was very surprised. I didn't think that it was going to be that much of um, a show. I thought, you know, uh, it would be a little bit 
lesser than it was, but I was surprised, uh, like General MLD said, I do feel that Game Pass had a really strong showing, uh, especially with Lies of P. Uh, it looks like Bloodborne, and um, it looks like a, uh, it's supposedly a, a take of Pinocchio uh, on a darker uh, theme, and it looks really good. Uh, and that's Game Pass Day 1. Um, overall, uh, you know, like, like uh, you know, MLD was saying, I mean, Game Pass, if you look ahead, they have Tales of Requiem, uh, Superbad, uh, not not Superbad, um, what's the, the, the name of the game with the gun? With the guy that shoot? High Life. Uh, High Life, yeah. um, Lies of P, uh, you know, and there's a bunch of these games that are day one that really do fill in the 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 spots for you know a very lackluster year in terms of AAA. Uh, as we talk, pretty much ad ad nauseum, you know, 2023 is going to be a pretty special year for Xbox. I think that we all kind of know that. Uh, aside from our frustrations of dealing with delays and and everything that's happened this year. Uh, you know, I think Game Pass has been that buffer that really kind of uh, has settled down the Xbox fan. And I, I think that they can see now the trajectory of this all. And it's going to be a pretty powerful year. I really think that, uh, you know, um, they're, they're gearing up for it. They see they see it. We see it. Um, a very strong showing uh, at, games, uh, at Gamescom. And again, Microsoft seems to be just... Uh, Despite uh, some of the stuff that's happened and the down, and the you know, the, you know the, the delays and some of the bad news that they've gotten, uh, they really seem to keep it together here, and uh, they're really set to just dominate. I, I really think in 2023, uh, you know, you got Stalker Two, you got the three games that the uh, uh, two games of the delayed Starfield and Redfall, Forza. Uh, that's I think you can count Forza as a delayed game. Yeah, uh, you know, so you're talking about, you know, uh, a ton of games coming in the next 12 months, uh, as, or even now it's 10 months, uh, that are really going to make, uh, uh, I think Xbox, um, you know, really start to, to turn its to turn its burners on. And, and I think that they'll have on the other side of the, the holiday season, I do think that they'll have a, maybe a Hellblade 2, maybe an Outer Worlds 2. I don't know. One of those games uh, that we've uh, we've we've no have been announced that we've you know seen. Uh, one of them's gonna hit, and uh, you know they also have the Activision deal if that gets yeah. done. So, so for me, this Gamescom was a pleasant surprise. I, I really felt like Microsoft did a great job. Uh, and uh, it was a really strong week. We're going to go into the other things um, that went on during the week that were, you know, even bigger than this. But uh, uh, just a really strong week for Xbox, strong Gamescom. Shout out to Aaron Greenberg, who uh, once again shows he's the man of the people, or the fans. You know, uh, you know he, you know, people don't know this about Aaron, but he, you know, he does a lot of things that 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 go behind the scenes and. Um, you know, I heard what he did with uh, beating up with some of the gamers and, uh, you know, just hanging out with him like everyday people. And, uh, you know, you don't see that a lot. And that's what Aaron was doing, basically. You know, he was hanging out with Xbox gamers from all like. And, uh, you know, he does a great job. 
And, uh, you know, they show that they care about the fans and, and, and especially Aaron, he really does. Like he hangs out, like, you know, like we hang out here and it's like, you know, he's like the type, so let's get a drink after the show or let's meet up here. And, and he actually does meet up and, you know, he's not above it all. And, uh, just kudos to just, just the whole Microsoft team out there that did a great job this week and just Xbox. I really felt like they had a strong showing, personal um, uh, favorites for, of mine of the show. Uh, I liked uh, the Killer Clowns. I think that that looks like really cool. And uh, Liza P, you know, I mean, uh, I never played Bloodborne. Um, it definitely looks cool, but um, I'm definitely going to, you know, it's great that that's day one. I, I don't know how they got that game day one, but that's a big, big pickup and uh, something that they needed to do to kind of, uh, you know, you know, bridge this time where, you know, they can have their own exclusive set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's too bad that there weren't any really big announcements there. I mean, we're used to having like a couple of them, you know, going back a few years ago. I remember, you know, there was one year where, you know, they announced a few games like Fable Legends and so on. Um, yeah. You know, there, there was a couple of years where Gamescom, again, was, you know, it wasn't, like, on par for E3, but, you know, there used to be a couple of announcements where you could be like, ooh, ah. So, you know, I understand the situation completely, obviously. It's nice to see Gamescom back in action. Um, it just, you know, it just it's still not the same, and we still got a long way to go for, you know, the, uh, the games and whatnot. Hopefully get some more uh, release dates for the big ones in the coming months. Um, but, you know, as for me, uh, I would say my, my, the things that I liked were the Game Pass announcements too, as you were saying, Tim, and, uh, MLD Life of P. I'm really, really struck by this game. I'm not huge on, like, the Soulsborne games, but it does give those vibes, and I just, I really like the, the design choices for the game, and just the overall, like, story, like, the premise, again, this whole take on Pinocchio, it has me kind of interested on that. But then there's all these other games that they're adding, like You Suck at Parking. I just think that that's kind of a funny game. Or um, there's a game that was really popular on uh, PC, which I think is a part of the PC Game Pass, Proteus. It's like an old school kind of Doom shooter. Uh, that really caught my eye. It's going to be coming to console in a few months, apparently. I don't think there's a release date. But you got all these games coming, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, that's awesome. That's awesome. They all look pretty cool. Uh, High on Life, I'm kind of mixed on, to be honest. Like, I think the art style's cool. I really like the colors. I'm a big fan of presentation that way. But, I don't know, like, again, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I haven't really watched Rick and Morty, so I can't really, I'm still not used to, like, the humor and whatnot. Like, you know, like, it's either gonna go, like, like, one way for me. Like, I don't know, like, I'm either gonna really like it or really hate it i don't know just by the dialogue but uh i don't know we'll see what happens i i am interested in checking it out though um i'm curious let's see who we got here centurion pal i mean what did you think of uh, all the announcements that came out anything catch your eye at all um well like i said on gaming beyond the box with wilmy hood i am like a bicycle when it comes to gaming every game gets a ride kind of thing you know um <laughs> <laughs> that just <laughs> i don't limit myself to oh come on i got adhd i gotta play everything and anything as much as i can i mean 
dude, gaming is an absolute blast to me. There was a lot of stuff on there. Um, Tim Dog mentioned High on Life. Um, I'm curious on the Killer Clowns thing, but the developer from Friday the 13th is the one that's doing that. Um, we all know what happened with Friday the 13th. They did do Predator Hunting Grounds. Um, I'm hoping this is like their breakout game to kind of, you know, get away from all the, uh, you know, the at least the stuff that they have had happen to them while doing games that require a large amount of licensing. You know, they've definitely been, they've definitely hit some troubles with uh, just how difficult it can be to deal with a game that has licensing behind it. Um, I'm excited. Like I got excited to see the Dying Light 2 DLC. Um, I'm excited for Dead Island 2. I love the Dead Island series. Um, I know that particular game itself has been through actual development hell. Um, like you said, it possibly changed hands. But being a movie buff and like a big film critic in my own mind, there's lots of movies that are extremely popular that had a lot of development hell. We're, we're talking like the original Nightmare on Elm Street uh, James Cameron's Aliens, um, Ghostbusters even went through development hell. And we all see, we all saw them knock it out of the park. You never know. So, just because something went through development hell, had a very large uphill battle to be pushed out into the consumer market. Um, you know, for me, I'm going to wait to see this game come out and I might pick it up day one depending on other stuff that's shown between now and then but i'm excited for dying light 2 and you never know the the game could probably be a knockout game i mean i'm excited for what i'm seeing already so um another game uh that i am excited for is the harry potter game hogwarts legacy um mm -hmm. that game for some reason i just want to i i love the wizarding world call like say what you want um, it's definitely an intriguing world to me. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, obviously, Callisto Protocol is going to be my game for this holiday season. Uh, Gotham Knights, that, that game was not on my radar, but now that I've seen more of it, and I mean, like, I'm really kind of like on the fence now with uh, Gotham Knights. Uh, now, uh, if I may inter in interject, what do you think about uh, PlayStation getting like an extra quest for uh, Hogwarts? We'll get it later, but obviously, mm. um, you know, PlayStation needs that money right now. So because they're shelling it out for dumb shit like that, you, you, you I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, cool. You got an extra quest. Doesn't mean that I'm going to go buy it on PlayStation. Oh, well, um, mm -hmm. same. Uh, but Dark Tide, dude. Uh, I'm glad they got a little bit more in depth with Dark Tide. Yes. Uh, I love how they're calling like you're all rejects. Uh, working for uh, what is it the what what is the main uh, the guy the emperor's army I forget yeah, what, what faction is that in 40k. Well, I think it was the Inquisition, if I'm not mistaken. But... Yeah. Oh, okay. That sounds right. But uh, yeah, um, the, the customization though looked pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, dude! From what I've saw, at least, are these the guys that did Vermintide? Yes. It's the same studio. See? Yeah. Yes. So if it's anything like Vermintide, but now we've got guns and and sci-fi. Uh, I'm probably going to end up um, at least getting a couple friends to download that on Game Pass outside of this show. I know we're all going to play that game on this show, but I have a few friends that I got to get that, get them to download it. And if need be, 
when it leaves Game Pass, um, probably get that game for a few friends because, I mean, that game looks like a lot of fun. Um, and then finally, I'm glad that um, General MLD mentioned it, Dune. I'm really hoping that this Dune game is a decent MMO. Um, I do not, like, I'm sorry for the fans of this game. I have a close friend who loves Conan, the, the Conan game or whatever the hell that game is. I mean, I tried playing it, and oh, my God. Huh? It's a weird game. I it's agree. a weird game, and at times it felt like watching paint dry. And yeah. I mean, like, I, I, dude, I play farming together. I know all about a game that's grinding and time-based and having to and actually upgrade your encampment and stuff like that. But to me, it just felt completely lifeless. And I understand that Dune is a desert-style planet. You have the worms. But if you get into the lore of Dune, it, it's almost like the original Game of Thrones, if you really get into it, like the, the, the warring families and the different, the different tribes and species that exist on Dune that are caught up in the in the mists of this giant war because in the world of dune whoever controls the spice controls pretty much the controls all of galactic civilization because to them spice is drugs and everybody's addicted to drugs i'm i understand it's going to be a survival mmo because they even represented that in the dune uh movie and the other lore that they have surrounding dune um, the concept of how your suit actually, you know, filters your sweat and creates drinkable water. And it also helps you breathe the atmosphere. Um, and that's where I want it to be like Dune, but I don't want it to be where it's a total, total, absolute nightmare of a grind fest. And then the whole planet is just this lifeless ball where literally you get to wander around with your friends and that's it. That, to me, that was what Conan was. And I could not handle playing conan i got bored of it real quick and i just don't want dune to turn into that mm -hmm. not fair comment fair comment um no like i you know dark tide seems awesome and i agree you know that doom uh announcement uh really surprised me actually because i thought oh you know that's a cool concept uh survival mmo right. in the doom universe so well, if you want to know about my knock your socks off moment i mean i was completely floored with the the hideo kojima podcast no, I'm joking. Yes. <laughs> I was. I'm mad. No one brought it up yet. No, he came dude. On stage, I pitched a podcast and left. What dude, a legend a in the gaming community. Oh my god. I'm <laughs> what sorry. What a legend, dude. I mean, like, I'm sorry. I had to like. I had to walk. <laughs> I'm not trying to pick on Hideo Kojima. He's a great person in his own right. But it's just the fact that you know Jeff Keighley brings that dude everywhere he can, and it turns into that moment like when The Rock made that comment in wrestling. Where he's like, oh, I'm going to go take a piss. And you're just like, oh, man, okay, it's Kojima. I'm going to take a break for a second because you just knew, like, I mean, like, you knew he was going to pop up because that's just how Jeff Keighley rolls. So It's worse. He was hyping it up the whole day. Oh, I know. He, he, he was like, I caught a trailer for this and everything. Uh, yeah. Well, that's I, Kojima I don't, I don't for know. you. That's Dude, Kojima. I, no, but my question is, was this Kojima or was this Jeff Keighley? I think it's I well, really I, want to know I who's the mastermind Kojima, behind this. I think Kojima is like Japanese Jeff Keighley. Like, they have the same brain, right? Like, <laughs> like 
Like, I, I have, I fully believe that one of them said, "Hey, we should, you know, do you have anything to do?" And one of them was like, "I, I show, like, he was probably, like, I gotta show my podcast." They're like, "Yeah, that'll be, that'll be funny. Let's do it." Like, like, I don't think it was any one or the other. You know what I mean? I think that like one of them pitched it, and the other one was like, "Oh, that's hilarious. Let's do it." I don't know. As <laughs> so soon as funny. I saw it, was like, as soon as I saw him start talking, we're like, "Well, I got to see this guy tour, you know, help me close out the show back in 2019." I'm like, "Oh, here comes Hideo." <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah no that was uh interesting when i saw that come up on like the uh you know the uh the news feed there i was like what kojima in a podcast really i mean that's making the news rounds i mean i guess that's cool i know that there's a lot of kojima fans out there i'm just saying well you know i would have preferred something more game announcement related or but, trailer but you know, i'm not trying fired. to <laughs> i'm not trying to be mean at that whole con i mean like i said hodeo kojima's a, a great person in his own rights but how do you have a podcast like I know it like I'm not saying that he can't speak English, but we all know English is a second language. So this would be a podcast for English speakers where they would have to literally they this was this would not be a podcast yeah. that you could kick on at work and listen to him unless he has some person translating the whole thing for him in the background. So you wouldn't probably be able to watch live. Uh, no matter what, you're going to have subtitles, and this is going to be a podcast where you would have to have the screen physically on and you paying attention. And that, I'm going to be honest, a majority of my podcast listening takes place at work on a speaker. I'm not even looking at my phone. Yeah, you know, it was now that you say that it is really weird that he pitched his podcast at an English speaking event. You're not wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, it's a big event, and I'm sure people all around the globe are watching it because it's, it's going to be translated all around the globe. You know what I mean? And so, like, people in Japan were, were watching Gamescom. You know what I mean? So, like, it's just, it, you're right. It's weird. Well, that also just shows you the lack of, like, really big announcements there that, you know, normally, normally you know, it wouldn't make a difference at these kinds of things. But, I mean, there wasn't really a big, big announcement there. So, you know, that's why it, like it made the rounds. Like that said, there are people that will hang on to his every word. So to them, it's like every time he speaks, it's like Christmas to them. So it's like, I don't know. I I, I don't. He's a great guy, great guy in the industry. But I don't know if I could listen to him uh, every week talk about just random oh, gaming dude. thoughts. Oh, well, he's I just a very iconic figure that a lot of people go crazy for. I mean, personally, um, and probably everyone on this podcast maybe doesn't feel that way. Um, but he does have a lot of fanatical fans, um, fans that love him uh, to death, and and they they have like this, uh, you know, um, like he's he's a they, it goes above you know normal reaction with him. He he's one of those you know figures that gets that type of reaction, uh, you know. And um, you know, he, he listen. At the end of the day, he's he's a huge he's a huge entity in gaming. And um, with Xbox, I'm really curious to see what he's gonna do. Um, he's not been, you know, I'm not gonna say his games have been my favorite, but I could definitely see that the guy, you know, carries a certain type of, uh, you know, following. You know, just look at how Jeff acts. I mean. 
I, I like Jeff, but Jeff acts like a kid around him. And like, you know, like, you know, he's at a candy store. He's so happy. And, uh, you know, uh, so uh, I just think uh, he's just an iconic uh, gaming figure, a gaming character or whatever you want to say, uh, figure in, in, in the industry. And uh, he, he's, he always does these things, though, that like that are a little head scratching. So it's never, and I think that that's the charm of him. Well, that's the, the, the thing that people like He's very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that you mentioned that he has a fanatic fan base. And then uh, general, general MLD, you know, said that this fan base hangs on his every single word. I think it's interesting that he has a fan base like that, considering everybody here could probably admit Hideo Kojima is actually a developer known for trolling his fans. And I don't mean like trolling in a bad way, but I mean like hyping the hell out of a podcast and making it seem like it's something else before everybody knew it was a podcast or, you know, it just seems very funny that literally he has done things, especially recently uh, with like uh, Death Stranding going to Game Pass. And like now all of a sudden we're seeing people, oh, Game Pass PC, let's be exact. Uh, people saying stuff like, oh, Hideo Kojima's a sellout. He's greedy because he doesn't want to keep his games locked down to a single platform. And that's where it's just funny that Hideo Kojima has somehow convinced all these people that he is this glorious white knight for a different platform that they prefer to play on when he has never said anything of the sorts. He just love, you know, he loves gaming, you know, and I, I think that there is a very distinct difference between like some of those fanatics that got mad about the Xbox stuff and some of his like and, and, and a lot of his core fans, because like, you know, I see a lot of his like core fans. They, they buy like every edition of the game on every platform like I do with Mass Effect. Right. And wait a minute, you own that game on more than one platform. I own Mass Effect, the legendary edition on Steam, Xbox and PlayStation uh, and PlayStation. Huh. Damn, that's devotion. Um, I, I, I am missing two achievements on Xbox, and I have all the Platinums on PlayStation. Um, wow. The, the, the achievements that I was missing on Xbox, the, the only two were both bugged when uh, the game first came out. Now they're fixed. So I just haven't gone back on Xbox to get them. Um, and I, I will be getting all of the achievements on Steam. Um, but, like, you know, he has, like, he has a lot of Fnatic fans. And, like, part of why they like them is he feels like a person right he feels fun when he's trolling you don't really get mad because like it's all it's all fun you know what i mean like it's like a big joke and like it, it's, it's part of his sick phil right. is like this it's why we like phil you know he he's a, he feels like a human being you know what i mean like someone that you would probably enjoy hanging out with you know what i mean i think that's a good point um yeah i'm kind of like the trolling part and like how he the stuff um, that kind of brings a smile to your face. I mean, some instead of getting mad, you kind of laugh it off. But it, yeah. it's kind of like his stick. It's kind of like how he is. And like, um, when he announces, when he's going to announce his next game, Tim, like when he actually announces and shows his next game, people are going to go nuts, right? Oh yeah. And he has a couple, I think. So yeah, he does. And when when he announces them, people are going to go nuts. They're going to be excited. And un- until then, he's going to do all this stupid crap. People are going to go nuts and get excited because, like, Lamau, it's hilarious, you know? <laughs> now, sticking with that Crusader, like, I don't know, what, uh, besides the Kojima right. stuff that got announced? I'm Debbie Downer. 
Like what? I'm uh, Debbie. Yeah. And please, like, give us your thoughts. I want you to be I, honest. What, look, what? You know. I there was a you know. This showcase was okay, right? It was okay. There was some good stuff. I'm not going to reiterate every game that you guys have mentioned, right? I like Callisto Protocol High on Life. Um, Lies of P looked great. I'm not a Souls like fan, so it's not a game for me, right? Like I like I I pr will not be playing it, but I'm excited for the people who are excited for it because it looks very good. Um, I, I want to say I saw something about uh maybe at like a different day at Gamescom that wasn't at opening night, but something was shown about Atomic Heart. Did, did I hear that oh, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That that I'm excited for. That looked so um, good. That looked good. But I mean, my favorite part of opening night day, like in Gamescom in general, was a event that wasn't actually part of Gamescom. But it happened at the same time. And that was the Destiny, the future of Destiny event that Bungie did. And it was great. Uh, wasn't part of Gamescom. Happened the same day oh, as opening night. Too much in on that because I, I didn't see any of that. So they they announced <laughs> they announced the new Lightfall expansion that's coming out next February, right? It's gonna be every platform, no, no no Sony exclusivity, no unique items for Sony platform versus Xbox platform. Bungie promised us they never doing that bullshit again because everyone hated it, including them. Um, so you know. And they announced that we're going to a brand new destination. We're going to Cloud City from Star Wars meets futuristic cyberpunk city like Cyberpunk 2077. Floating city on um, Neptune. In the clouds of Neptune. And we're going and we're getting a brand new subclass that basically gives you like a grappling hook. Kind of like Spider-Man's swinging ability. Um... And they they announced and showed off all of that. King's Fall, they announced King's Fall from Destiny 1 was coming back into Destiny 2. That raid race just happened, like, two days ago. Um, Clan Elysium got the three-peat. They won the third raid race that they've won in a row. Um, they showed off, like, all of a... They, 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 they announced it's coming to the Epic Game Store, and we got Destiny characters in Fortnite. We got Fortnite-themed armor in Destiny that hilariously somehow looks great. Like... Like, everyone was like, Fortnite armor and Destiny, and then they showed it. They were like, oh my god, this looks great. Why does this look so good? <laughs> like, we all were. Um, and, like, Fall Guys, shit's coming to Fall Guys. They came to the Epic Game Store. Um, they announced, for people who are mad that Destiny takes away the expansions, and, like, they vault the expansions, Destiny is no longer vaulting expansions. They want it to be one experience that you can play definitively from start to finish. And they are going... It sounded like they are going to work on bringing the ones that they already vaulted back. Seasons are still subject to vaulting and, like, their content rotating. Just like any game like Fortnite where the map changes and stuff goes away. and Or, like, Warzone and stuff can like that. Can I interject on you real yeah. quick? Does that mean yeah. they're going to fix the, the, the new player experience? So, they have... So, they, they're, they have... It's bad. My my friend just came back, right? He came back after watching that stream, and he's like, I gotta play again. And, like, Mooch also was like, I gotta come back. If you guys know Mooch uh, over on the Crossfire podcast. Um, and so I've been carrying new people through new content. And, man, the new light content really needs work. And they did say that they are committed to uh, improving the new, the new player experience, like, indefinitely, right? Like, they are never going to be done making that better. So... They didn't have, like, anything strong-looking, like, it's going to be, like, absolutely, like, fixed and, and and wonderful, like, next year. But, like, they're bringing in an LFG service. Do any of you know what an LFG service is? 
Um, no. It's for, like, in, in MMOs and other games where there's, like, hard content that you can't really do traditional matchmaking for, like, just randomly matching people up together ain't going to work because you need communication and stuff like that. They're Isn't adding that an actual... Yes, Xbox yeah. has it. It's great. If you're yeah. playing Destiny on Xbox right now, you'd better be using that integrated LFG service. It's the best. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Okay, I remember so looking for group. Then. Yeah, looking cool. for group. Oh, uh, okay. LM looking for more. You Some... see, you see, like your friend uh, uh, pop up, uh, friend um, Crusader looking for uh, whatever. Yeah. And like you can post exactly what you're looking for, right? Like you you can put like the title of it on Xbox, and you can be like, um, "Running Kings Fall Fresh." need two more people right so they know exactly what you're looking for and like you can state that like like a hunter and a warlock would be pre uh, like preferable because like you're trying to you know even out your your party right and people can respond to that and then instead of just immediately accepting them you can kind of look through their profile make sure that they check out that you know they've run the raid before or you know if, if you're willing to teach they haven't run the raid before you know maybe you're, you're trying to teach some new people so you want to check to make sure they haven't done this before and like like that's what that's what like a, a an LFG system is. They're also called like party finders in like other MMOs. Like if you play Final Fantasy fourteen, um, they are they, they have like a party finder system. This is a big system that Destiny's been missing, and they announced it. And the big he's a big stream used to be a big Destiny streamer, uh, T Rex. He he was part of like Rare Drop, and they created like Des the Destiny convention that that turned into like the big St Jude's thing that they do every summer, and they raise, like, $3 million with, like, Dr. Lupo and everyone uh, for St. Jude's. Well, he quit streaming, and he actually went to work at Bungie, and he wouldn't tell anyone what he was working on. He kept it super secret. And he got to finally announce that, like, it, it was like the Thanos meme, the fine, I'll do it myself, because he's wanted an LFG system in the, uh, in the game for so long that he went to Bungie to create this LFG system. Hmm. And so the, the event was fantastic. Oh, well, that's awesome. No, glad to hear. Yeah. From what I've seen about, like, the Destiny trailers, I'm intrigued to get back in, but I haven't wanted to get over that hurdle of buying content that they plan to take away in the future. Yeah. Um, you because the one thing I don't like is they, the whole concept of if you play Destiny, this better be yeah. your game that you play yep. exclusively because you're never going to have time for anything else if you want to feel like so you got your money's worth out of the content. So the seasons will still be going away, like like kind of like any other game, right? Or like the battle passes go away and stuff like that, right? But the main expansions, the big story expansions of the year are permanent now. And that was... So like every, every time Bungie does one of these events, they have some kind of, oh shit, and everyone's screaming moment, right? Because like they, they did something wild. A couple years back, it was when they added cross-play and cross-progression and like anyone could play with anyone because that was like the probably the best thing that's ever happened to the video game right that like i can that like matchmaking i i, I can there's never like a, a wait time right because like playstation's playing with xbox is playing with steam is playing with the windows store is playing with epic is playing with stadia right like we, we all one big happy family now in destiny land um and then like like one of the big oh shit moments in um uh, in, in like one of the last ones was that they were bringing back the Vault of Glass because if you've ever played Destiny 1, the Vault of Glass was the first raid that they ever created. It kind of like 
is what set Destiny apart as a video game because there's nothing quite like a Destiny raid, right? Other MMOs got raids, but there's Destiny's like the only first-person MMO, right? Like it's the only game of it really of its kind, and it, it sets itself apart with these fantastic raids and this great endgame content. And so when they told us Vault of Glass was coming back, my friends and I we were all screaming. We were so excited to go back to to, to relive those memories. And this one today, like at this event, was that. They are not vaulting content, or they are not vaulting story content anymore. And it kind of sounded like that old story content, maybe even from Destiny One, from like the, the the major expansions, might be returning eventually. Right? They didn't say anything, but the way that they were like, "Yeah, we want this to be the like one definitive Destiny experience." Yeah, I I, I could see them porting in in the stuff because they're running out of raids to port in. So maybe the story content's coming. Hmm, that would be interesting. I hope they do. I mean, dude, one thing I got aggravated, I guess that was what made me really want to give up, is when I was already aggravated that they killed off Cade 6. Yeah. Um, sorry, not trying to give out spoilers if you haven't done it. but It ain't in the game anymore, man. You're, you're, I know, like, I know. That, it's that was like the last thing vaulted. And that's what I mean. You can't even say it's a spoiler now yeah. because it's like, dude, the only way you're going to know is if I freaking tell you. Like, Cade 6 is pretty much canon at this point. Yeah. They got, they got that, they got that, they got the Sony. See, like the biggest problem was, right? They, they were an independent studio, and they, they were basically living sales to sales on everything, right? Like, if they had the slightest fuck up, it could fuck them up royally, right? And, um, sorry, my filter is turned off. I'm so tired. Uh, for anyone who doesn't like cursing in chat, I apologize. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, they, they, their biggest thing was, it's not that they could avoid the not vaulting content, right? Like. They just didn't have the money to rewrite. They they rewrite significant portions of their engine every release, right? Like they they rewrite tons of stuff on the back end, and and we see it with like how many more people, like how many more enemies they're putting in content, and like all of the crazy new abilities that even they're reworking like the old like subclasses and giving us all kinds of crazy stuff. Because like every subclass is different now. Like all the original ones, they're all like totally modifiable and. Like, every element has, like, crazy keywords that do different things. And, like, the, the, the game has, like, huge builds and stuff. So, like, we saw the benefit of, like, them being able to, like, rewrite the game and not having to rewrite everything, right? That Like, that's why they were vaulting stuff, so that they didn't have to worry about rewriting all of the game, but they could still keep the core of the game going. And... Well, they got Sony money now, right? Like, they have that backing that if, like, they have, like, one one or two bad releases in a row, that it's not going to kill them, right? That, like, as long as they are still doing good on the on the up and up and, like, their major expansions are still as fire as they've been in the past couple years, they'll be fine, right? And, and so I, I definitely think that, that now that they got that, Son they got that Sony backing, that they're going to – that, like, this is why we saw this announcement today. You know what I – or, like, I say today. But this is why we saw it because they don't have that – insecurity anymore and like we see we're going to see the same thing from xbox with like mm -hmm. the bethesda studios right we're going to see the same thing with x from like the activision studios when they come into bethesda even though activision they're all kind of secure but like that's why like all of the 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 mar like all of the money was being put in the call of duty pot right because call of duty is like the most safe and secure thing in the world because even when it sells poorly like the vanguard did they're still like the second most best-selling game of the year you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah but, but they can afford when you got like when you got the backing of like a with with Sony you got the backing of a uh what eight digit nine digit 
you know, hundred billion dollar company, right? Hundred fifty dollar mm-hmm. billion dollar company. When, when and like the backing of Microsoft, you got the backing of like a two and a half trillion dollar company, right? So like, there's a lot of security in the in the little things that you, you could in, even if they don't pan out, you you can do them, and it's the loss isn't. Like the loss isn't really bad. You just try again the next time. You know what I mean? But like when when you're when you're a smaller company, the, the, you can't really do that. You know what I mean? You you can't necessarily like you can't afford to screw up. And so if there's ways that you can mitigate you screwing up, you're gonna do them. And that's what caused the whole vaulting thing in the first place. Now we don't gotta do it, and everyone's cheering. It's great. <laughs> now, guys, I have to chime in here. I mean, obviously, you know, we were talking about Gamescom, and then. You know, obviously the Destiny news as well at, you know, their separate thing. But there was another bit of news that kind of came up at the same time a couple of days ago. And remember, there were reports, and they seemed legitimate at first, about EA buying Amazon. And I was just like, what the heck? Like, three hour period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seemed like there was corroboration going on, and everything seemed like it was legit. And then they had, you know, certain outlets had to backtrack and it was kind of embarrassing but i don't know i mean we we all know that ea you know they do want to be bought from the sound effects they get sold and then they it fell through or something they were trying to merge with comcast originally and it fell through and it's because the c i don't know the ceo of ea's name it's i think it's andrew something I, Mm -hmm. i don't remember he wants to if there's any kind of merger that happens of the merged company he wants to remain the ceo and he wants the ea shareholders to have the majority voting power um and comcast didn't want that and that's why that deal fell through i assume with amazon that you know the the voting power is out the window ea is nowhere in comparison to amazon's market cap not even close like sorry buds but i assume that he wants to remain the CEO of EA underneath Amazon. And some people are like, a CEO underneath a company? That, that happens all the time. The C- There's a CEO of LinkedIn uh, under Microsoft right now. Right. Um, and probably they, they, they probably want to replace the management of EA and, and stuff like that. And, you know, he's prob- he's been one of the better CEOs that EA's ever had. There's been a lot of changes that have happened under the current CEO of EA. Where like we've seen like a change of like Bioware's allowed to make single player games and like respawn can do whatever they want and stuff like that. And so they want to sell, but they want strict terms with their sale. So like that's why that's why like I don't even know if I expect them to sell, right? Like I don't know if I expect anyone to agree to the terms that they want. Right. But see for me, I uh, listen, when I saw the deal, it made sense. And um, I do think that uh, Amazon should do a deal like that. That that's a perfect way for them to really jump into gaming. Uh, listen, when Google came out, we all uh, we all heard how Microsoft and Sony were, you know, crapping their pants and they were worried, and they were. Hmm, but yeah. Google really didn't take that step to where they never made that move. Where you were like, okay, here we are, we're in business, and I think the same goes for Amazon right now. Amazon's there, yeah. Luna's a nice product, but not a lot of people know about it. Kind of a weird name. Uh, I'm sure it's not doing great numbers, but you add Mad. What? They have Twitch. They own Twitch, the, the yeah. biggest streaming that, service. That, that's big, right? But I'm talking about like. 
um, as far as like in gaming, as far as uh, you know, like matching up with Sony and Microsoft, uh, you know, they're not close there. But if they had gotten EA, I think that that really for their subscription service of Luna really adds a lot of value to it because you know that hey, I'm getting. Uh, Madden every year. I'm getting uh, Star Wars games from Respawn um, day one. And, uh, you know, I, I think that at that point, they could really start to become a player and a couple more moves, you know, really, you know, cooking with, with, with fire. But uh, they didn't make the deal. So it's now they're back to square one. But I do think that if Amazon or Google really wants to get to you know in terms of uh you know with gaming you know obviously have twitch which is great uh amazon but when we talk about game exactly you could integrate integrate it and they want to like have that where people are coming to their service using their cloud playing their games um they have to make a deal like that and ea to me, makes a lot of sense for any of that. It makes a lot of sense for for Microsoft, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, because it is a subscription service. Uh, it's a subscription service ready type deal. I mean, they would get EA, and obviously they're not going to make exclusive games with it, but Game Pass, Day 1 Game Pass Madden, Day 1 Respawn games, uh, It's a, it would be a huge deal. Uh, you know, and really solidify my. I mean, I I think they would have problems, maybe yeah, with definite problems with regulation. But uh, Amazon, you know, they wouldn't have that, that problem. I think that people would say, "Hey, give them a fair shake. This is their step into gaming. Let's get it on." And uh, I don't know. Maybe the deal is still uh, being talked, or you know, sometimes you get grumblings and they say, "Oh, it's not going to happen." Three months go by and the deal happens. So I wouldn't write it off, but to me, it makes a ton of sense for Amazon yeah. uh, if, if they really want to be about it. You know the, what I mean? The, the only thing that I think could really backfire is if they tried to make it so that EA was only on their Luna service, and I think that would make a lot of people mad and they'd end up losing a lot of money. Oh, forget about that. They, they would have yeah. to make it multiply. But it, they, I don't it, think... it would have to be like, oh, it's coming to Luna in addition, right? You know? Yeah. Day one Luna subscription, uh, you get it, you know, uh, maybe a little perks here and there. But, yeah, if they try to go exclusive with it, uh, it would get, you know, they make so much money on microtransactions, they would never do that with the mutt and stuff like that. But um, I, I don't I, honestly, think it, it would, they would make money. I, I, I don't think yeah. that even with smaller games, with, like, the non-MTX ones, <laughs> like, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think they'd make money with, like, Mass Effect and stuff like that. Um, I I mean, listen. If they had, if Luna, if Luna had Madden, uh, you know, and their service was, I don't know what their pricing on Luna is right now, but I'll, I'll, I will look that up for you. You know, it would make me look at Luna just because I play Madden and I do feel like Madden is kind of uh, overpriced, uh, like it is. But if you get an included service, uh, you know. You know, it it would open things up. So I, I just think, I think if Amazon really wants to be a player, uh, they got to make a deal like that. 
you know, um, but it seems like EA is like really chomping on the bit to, uh, you know, to to you know either get they want to get bought or they want to get bought, and uh, I don't know what that says. I think that they got a strong company in a lot of aspects. Uh, Respawn was a great pickup for them. Uh, they have Madden, and uh, you know they have pretty much a monopoly there. What else do they make that's big? Need for speed. Need, well, yeah, they need. They would have to, you know, they gotta, you know, they they that used to be huge. Oh yeah, they bought Codemasters. Right. Keep that in mind too. Yeah, they bought Codemasters. Um, I don't know. I think, like I said, I think EA makes a lot of sense for Amazon, and it also makes sense for Microsoft. If if I was Microsoft, and we get past this, and they get past this whole regulation, which is going to be tough. Um, the idea is, and from what I've gathered and what I've heard is that Microsoft might go for a double down deal because, you know, they can, they, they see it, they see, they see where this is going. They see the position that they're in. They see that they're, you know, uh, Satya is, is, you know, he really sees growth in gaming and he's all in now. Um, another deal is, you know. I would say not off the table, as crazy as that sounds. And that's what, you know, I've talked to some people who, you know, who have really good industry contacts, not from Xbox, but but people with good industry contacts, and I have some candid conversations with them. And, you know, that's probably an idea that they might go, uh, you know, a a double-down route, you know, or double-down route, you know. And for me, it does make sense. EA would make sense for Microsoft. As I explained, uh, it would probably, like uh, Crusader said, be hard to get past. Specifically with the the EA Play part. They'd be taking a service competitor off the market, and that's probably a big no-no. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I agree. Um, So you're probably not going to see it, but yeah, I would think that Amazon... uh, You know, I love Albert Pinello, one of my good friends... uh, you know, he's done a great job there, but, you know, uh, to be honest, do I think Luna is making any kind of indentations in the in the gaming market? No. I feel like Amazon and Google are just like, they're there, but they're not. And it's basically it's Microsoft is a, a huge lead and Sony just like fluttering and Nintendo's Nintendo. So I do think there's room for those guys, but they gotta, you gotta be in it to be in it. You gotta you got to make plays, and uh, I just don't know if they're ready to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are. Problem. Their big problem is their services, they are the only way to access what they're doing, right? Like, with Xbox, right? xCloud, like, or whatever you want to call it, Game Pass Cloud Streaming, the worst name that they could just call it xCloud. No, now it's xCloud again. They, yeah, they just so, you, you know, with xCloud, right? You can just you can use it completely supplementary, right? Like I can buy all my games on my console, and I can use Game Pass and everything. And then I can use XCloud as like an option for when I'm not around my console or the TV's not available or stuff like that, right? Like, but with with Luna, Luna's the only way you're accessing your content. You know what I mean? There there is no there is no download and play option. There is only the streaming option, and I think that's the biggest thing that's going to hold those services back for a long time. Like I don't think. I don't think xCloud for a long time is going to be used as just xCloud because that there are 
there are fundamental problems with network infrastructure that are going to prevent it from taking off in a lot of areas because mm -hmm. you have to be close enough to a data center and you have to have a good enough bandwidth to get your data to get enough data in and out from that data center uh in, in a reasonable enough time so you're gonna have you're gonna have these problems um and so that, that limits that limits your market but microsoft was very smart and they made it every they, they made it something that you can come in and it can be your primary or you can use yeah. it completely supplementary right like i yeah. use it supplementary and that that's Same how way. it's great um, yeah exactly and, and i think that that's a lot of people were saying oh this is only going to be a primary people who said the cloud is the future i got news for you it is the future it's just that it's slowly adapting and, and it does have some things that right now are preventing it from really jumping off but right now as you said it's for a secondary use i was a perfect example i'm at my uncle's house um, this weekend, I went to the Giant Jet Giant team. He has no Xbox, no no internet like that, or like or or or, or something. Uh, you know, he doesn't. You know, whatever the case. So I have a five G connection off of my wireless service. Guess what I did? I played. Uh, you know this uh, fight Midnight Express fight, which is awesome. Um, fight game, and I played uh my favorite uh. A little bit of I cleaned up some power washing some steel. But it's it's you know, it's it's great to have there as an option when you don't have the option to have a console. And uh most people uh you know use it that way. And it is a great, you know, complimentary thing. It is not a solely uh you know, solely to be used alone, maybe in the future, but you know, like I said, I, I was playing um uh, Midnight Express fight. I, I forgot. I don't know if that's the correct name, but I was playing it strictly on my phone with no controller, just by touch, and I was enjoying it. And I'm like, "Holy crap!" I'm playing this game, I'm like, "Holy crap!" You know, this is Fight Express. Yeah, thank you. Um, so you know, you you know, you could see that that you know, down the line, ten years from now, if five years from now. Internet connections are going to be more readily available. They're going to be better. The technology is going to be better. The devices are going to be better. It's going to be easier to use streaming and xCloud and do all that. But right now, Xbox has a, a running start with this. And, you know, there is added value with xCloud. And uh, the numbers are proven. And each month, uh, they're growing. So, uh, you know, we're going to talk about maybe uh, we'll talk about it down the line with one of the other subjects, but you know, they're going to, they're going to be their monthly active users are going to go way up um, with family plan and, and X cloud and certain things like that there uh, to me, they're just really set up for the future in a unique fashion compared to the competition. Right. So if um, I, what I think is really going to help with the bandwidth situation and the infrastructure, at least in the United States, when it comes to delivering proper internet speeds for people to be able to use xCloud and other services that require a decent internet connection is having more competitors enter into the market when it comes to internet providers. And we're already starting to see that with Verizon and I think T-Mobile with the introduction of the 5G services. And so now cell phone companies are starting to deliver home internet that is practically capable of um, giving X, you know, giving enough bandwidth for xCloud to work. 
And given enough years, I, I see basically, you know, going to your traditional internet providers that have cables in the ground are going to pretty much start becoming like more like a dinosaur style thing. Um, because like, it's kind of interesting. Like there is some internet providers, even though they have cables in the ground, they're still delivering satellite based internet. It's just a very massive satellite compared to the one that's in your pocket. Um, I really agree with you, Tim, that I really see xCloud becoming a bigger thing and becoming more mainstream as these cell phone companies start delivering better internet options for us here in the United States. And another thing to think about is we've seen a number of emerging services um, like, um, God, forgive me. Doesn't T-Mobile already team up with Game Pass, actually? Probably. Uh, Verizon has all access, like the, the Xbox all access program. Okay, because we've seen it with Discovery Plus. We saw it with Disney Plus. I even think some some provider has Netflix. We already know that pretty soon like xCloud is going to be one of those, hey, get a cell phone with us and we'll give you xCloud with it. And we're going to start seeing, we already know that xCloud is coming to, to televisions. So we are on the cusp of things happening with how games are delivered. Might not be next year or the year after that, but definitely within the next five to 10 years, the way people are going to consume gaming is going to change. I'm not saying they're going to get rid of hardware, mm -hmm. but what I'm saying is that there is going to be a demographic of consumer out there that is just fine. Not Thank having you. a phys physical piece of hardware in their home to deliver gaming. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, listen, I got the Samsung TV coming. Uh, the OLED with the embedded app. Um, yeah, you just go ahead and rub it in there. <laughs> no, no, I, I got it. My, my wife flew out the uh, OLED in the C8. Uh, she got mad with Vernon, and uh, I had an excuse. She just uh, hand her a golf club or a large. Hey, babe, just start swinging this around. Oh, damn, you hit the TV. That sucks. Um, oh, I'm not going to give me one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you make great points. Unfortunately, um, a company that I work for prevents me to really elaborate on 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 what we were just talking about, but I agree. Uh, your sentiment is right there with it. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know, um, the future is is, in my opinion, is pretty easy to see. You know, you look at devices. Let's just take devices, uh, phones, cell phones. Each year they get bigger and better, better screens, faster processors, more RAM. Um, you know, the devices are going to become, uh, you know, more, you know, just just easily more accessible. And just anything in tech, tech rolls, tech, tech improves, and, um, you know, it expands. Uh, so, you know, like I see Candy Crush. That's very interesting. Uh, I don't know if that's in thing but i'm going to bring it up anyway but because candy crush crush is coming to xbox most likely now the most viable way for me to play candy crush is on my phone right so now if i'm playing x cloud on my phone with touch controls candy crush that's a win for me you know what i mean so you could you're going to see more and more like that you're going to see more and more games some games that that were traditionally cell phone games uh, I do believe will come to X Cloud, and you might have some X Cloud exclusives. 
but they're going to be cell phone game based, like Candy Crush or stuff like that. I think most will come to console, but um, you know, I you know, is we're going to go into Phil's comments uh, shortly, but I think this is where you get into this world where a device is a device is a device, and your content is really king. And that's where I see it going, and I think it's pretty clear. And, um, you know, I think, uh, like, when we go, maybe it's segue, we can go into it, uh, Invader. That's what Phil's comments were basically mm-hmm. saying. Yeah, speaking of which, I think you're right to do that, Tim. But either way, I think the whole EA, you know, I just kind of brought it up, but the whole EA Amazon thing kind of like triggered a whole lot of different discussions going on, especially about like the cloud stuff too and competition there. Uh, You know, it really, you know, it gets you thinking about a whole slew of things. But uh, yeah, guys, I mean, we'll move on to our next topic here. Uh, But just a reminder, hey, if you're enjoying our chat, uh, Give the show a like and hey, share this out. Let everybody know that we are live because we are having a really awesome discussion here. But yeah, on to the other bits of news and uh, CEO of gaming, Microsoft Gaming, Phil Spencer recently did an interview with Outlet Bloomberg kind of out of nowhere. We weren't expecting that, but it kind of dropped before Gamescom or during Gamescom where he commented on a variety of things such as the progress on the Activision Blizzard deal, game exclusivity, the application of M- NFTs and blockchain and more. Uh, Tim, again, I'll... I'll pick on you first for this one because i know you got a lot to say and then we'll make our way down the list of the panel you know a lot of chatter came up about for example game exclusivity in particular do you agree with phil's comments that console exclusives are something that we're just going to see less and less of in the future um listen i think he when he says console exclusive i think he's more saying device uh, you know, device exclusive. I, I think when you, you say, you know, uh, you, you bring it to PC and you bring it to xCloud and all the ways that you can play, uh, you know, it's not tied to one device. And I think that's what Phil's kind of overall statement was, knowing Phil and how he talks, kind of where he was going. I don't think he was saying, hey, uh, Elder Scrolls Six is going to be uh, not exclusive. It's, you know, it's coming to PlayStation. Um, I think because of Sony's practices that Xbox is in a position where they have to have exclusive um, games. And, and so Sony's smart for doing that because, you know, they have a, a stable of really talented uh, developers and they know this is a competition to get the gamer. And, uh, you know, that's, that's their calling card. And Xbox... Uh, if they were really thinking about just making non-exclusives, you wouldn't see deals like Lies of P and uh, Stalker 2. And, you know, there is definitely um, something to said for uh, exclusive to your, let's say, ecosystem. It's just that this is becoming such a... It's becoming such a hard subject to talk about or to... To 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 qualify quantify I guess maybe is the word because it's now becoming all encompassing like it's more about your ecosystem and your media that you obtain that you own that's digitally subscribed to you than say like a console game disc that goes under your console that you can only play there 
it's so like Phil is really so far ahead of the game. I remember in 2017, I used to talk to Phil, and he used to talk like I would talk to him in DMs, and he would say stuff to me that I wouldn't understand, and I wouldn't be. I'm being honest. Like he just always kind of like a step ahead. Maybe sometimes that was, uh, you know, a detriment to him in the last generation because he saw the future real early. He saw where this is all going. And he was the first to really play on it. And he was made fun of, if you not remember. And, you know, he was ridiculed, especially in 2017. But it was because he kind of saw this, you know, all-device, all-encompassing media, you know, take your game where you want. And you're the gamer, you're the center of it all, um, you know, model. And I think that that's where he comes into play here is, is that when he talks like that, he just is now he's 10 years down the line where he sees hope maybe where, you know, Sony and Xbox have basically every third party game are, uh, you know, have cross play and have cross, uh, you know, integration and all this stuff that, 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 you know, uh, doesn't really prohibit players um from from the games it, it brings them together in a way and i think that's where it goes to but as far as like exclusives um there's always going to be that exclusive uh you know hey come into my my uh ecosystem come and buy my console buy my service buy my model you know i just think that uh you know uh that's where he's going. And I didn't think there was, if he made those comments in 2017, he'd be really in trouble because people didn't, wouldn't understand, but people now are understanding and we see it. We, we see it as believing it. And yeah, you can talk about it all day until you see it and understand it. Then it becomes like kind of second nature. If he said this in 2017, this podcast was started with this and it would be a fiery topic and people wouldn't understand what, what he meant. But I think in in generalization, he's talking about in the device world, you know, it's not going to be exclusive to one area. And um, in in a sense, in a way in the future, everyone should be able to be playing their games, but there's always going to be exclusive content to get, you know your your client to or, or your 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 customer to buy in. So uh, as long as Sony's doing it, Xbox is going to do it right back because uh, if one console has full of exclusives and the other one's all multiplat, everyone's going to go to these. Hey, I can get all these exclusive plus your games here. So I don't I, I don't think that um, he meant uh, all games being. Uh, you know, multi-plat. I, I, like I said, it was more of a device comment, and uh, and with Phil, it's, it's more down the line type uh, thinking. And uh, you know, so far he's been right. You know, he really has been right. Uh, you know, I remember, like I said, being a little, being a little long, long winded with this, but 2017, I said, "Who's the players?" And he says, "Well, I see a future of Tencent." And I'm like, "Who the hell's Tencent?" He's like he says, I see them, and look at look at where they are now. He was right, um, and uh, you know. So, uh, like I said, I don't, I think it's uh, nothing to be to, to be concerned about. Your Elder Scrolls Six will be exclusive. 
Um, the games that we've been announced will be exclusive. Certain other things, possible future acquisitions down the line. Yeah, if they're like, uh, let's say, EA. So if they bought EA, I wouldn't think that anything would be um, exclusive. Maybe a new IP, but most of the, most of the games, Star Wars, uh, Madden, all those would be uh, multi-plat. Mm-hmm. Tim, I agree with you a lot. I think there's one piece of this puzzle that that we're looking over and that even Sony is doing, right? And it's that there are certain games that exist that they're either getting through these M&A contracts or that they're licensed IPs and they themselves are almost like a platform in and of themselves. And we've been seeing Microsoft moving in this direction of not really caring about using them for their exclusivity, but treating them themselves as a platform and growing them on every platform, regardless of whether they own it or not. Because for that IP, it's better. The first one we saw it with in 2014 was Minecraft, right? Mm-hmm. Everything Minecraft is everywhere. They brought it to Nintendo after the acquisition, and all of the, the uh, spinoff games have been multi-platform. The, the, the stupid little Minecraft Legends game that looks fun as heck, but it, it, it ain't a, you know, it, 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 there's not real reason it needs to be multi-plat but because of what its ip is right it is and you know the second thing we're going to see that with with microsoft is going to be call of duty they, they you know he's been talking about how it's multiplied and call of duty itself well, in some way is bigger than xbox it, it, in in some way right and it's that like it oh. is this entity that ex- can exist on its own i don't want to say it's bigger than xbox but it's it's bigger than being contained by xbox right and so like i don't see them ever getting to a point where they want to take that off anything if anything they're they want to go that minecraft route and they because it's such a platform and such a like a thing in gaming that they, they want to take that and they want it more places because it's more valuable in that way right it, it it's more valuable to the gamer, and he even talks about that, and it's like he's talking about how his kid bought one piece of plastic, and another kid bought another piece of plastic, and they can't play together because they're on different plastic. And I, I think that, that was more what he was, was going with with this, was that like there are certain big things in games that they just want to make sure that everyone's playing together. Call of Duty is that, and Minecraft is yeah. that. On Microsoft's side. And on PlayStation side, we we saw it in 2019. We don't, we don't have to go to... The, they, they did it with Bungie, and we'll talk about Bungie. I love Bungie. But they did it before that. They did it in 2019. What game in 2019 did Sony... that had They previously had it as an exclusive, but they announced that it was going to move to be a multi-plat title that they were still going to develop. Does anyone know the game? You love the game, uh, Tim. Show? The show? Yes. In 2019, they renegotiated their contract with the MLB because it was mm. the contract was up and they needed to renegotiate it. And they renegotiated it, and Sony had it as a multi-platform game now, right? That they that in 2019 they announced it was going to go multi-platform by 2021, right? Mm-hmm. And and we saw it go multi-platform because for Sony, MLB the Show as a platform and like what MLB is was more important to them as a game that they can have the platform con- that they that they can turn into a platform and have like the the online players all playing together and get all the sales from the microtransactions and stuff like that right that that was more important to them than having it as exclusive right mm-hmm. or else they wouldn't have renewed it you know what i mean they would they just would have given up the contract but but they kept a contract to keep something multi-platform right 
And then we saw it again with Bungie. Buying and owning Bungie was more important to Sony than having Bungie be exclusive because they're going to be multi-platform in perpetuity, according to um, Pete Parsons, the CEO of Bungie, right? And so the concept that some of these live service games can be bigger as a platform if they're everywhere than just mm -hmm. constraining them to one place, I think is a big thing that we're not only like the, the only person, the only people that I think Tim was really, or not Tim, that I think Phil was really targeting saying that they're going to be resistant to it is hilariously Nintendo. It, I, I don't, Sony's going to take a little bit more time, right? Because, like, they're very slow to, to, to move into a lot of these things, you know? But we're, they're slowly moving into PC. They're slowly moving into the concept of live service, right? But uh, they're not resistive to it. They just want to go at their own pace so that they, they can kind of do it their own way. That's how Sony's always been. Um, but, like, you know... I, I can foresee a future where the next MMO that's released from ZeniMax Online is on every platform. Why? It's an MMO. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it it may it would very well do better as a as a game for its entire community because it's all like MMOs are driven on how many players you can smash into the game and get playing together, right? I, I can see a world where Microsoft launches that on PlayStation and the Switch and the Epic Game Store and everywhere they can physically launch it. Why? Because it, it you want it with something like that, you want everyone playing together. They're not going to do it with Halo because Halo has brand association with the Xbox brand, right? Even though it would probably benefit Halo a lot to put it literally everywhere. They're not going to because Halo sells Xboxes. And they yeah. still need, at the end of the day, to sell Xboxes. So it's not going to happen to everything. My, right. Sony's not going to put the Last of Us multiplayer game <laughs> on Xbox. It's never going to happen. That, that's what my, my overall point was. It's like, People were like, oh, there's going to be no more exclusives on Xbox. No, you're going to have calling cards yeah. for Xbox and Sony. Exactly. But you'll also have, like you're saying, like these bigger than uh, bigger than exclusive, let's say, bigger than exclusive type games where Overwatch. you need more people. Overwatch. Yeah, Overwatch and, will probably be one that'll be forever example, in, in, in um, perpetuity, right? Because like... It's yeah. not bigger than Xbox or PlayStation, but it's bigger than can be contained by them. Mm -hmm. Right, it's better off. Let's let's be honest. Let's talk about the the MMO that you're talking about. Now we all know Bethesda games are probably all going to be exclusive because of what they said, but it does make more sense for Zenimax MMO to be on PlayStation. And for that, as an Xbox fan, um, you know, as we all are here, uh, I, I'm okay with that because I think it's better for the game. Um, I don't, you know, it's not about bragging rights. You know, sometimes, you know, I've seen with, with these platform arguments and stuff like that, uh, like the, the having the ability to say, I have this is greater than anything and you don't, is greater than anything even the game itself well i've come to learn that that's not the truth you have to do what's best for the game genre genre and what's best for the game and, and the sets of Zenimax mmo yeah why not let's only have it like as if i'm getting a day i'm more at the point where if i'm getting the game day one on game pass i'm even more inclined to have it say be on xCloud day one versus, say, having it be on another platform. Like, 
I'm caring less and less if it if it's an exclusive. I think Xbox, you always have to have an exclusives and stuff to call in cards to your system to draw in your you know your certain diehards and stuff like that. But you know, um, more and more that the stuff like I talked about, Game Pass, X Cloud, that's the cross buy. That stuff, you know, is more interesting for me and more. Uh, of a takeaway than anything uh, because it affects me. It, you know, it, it emboldens me. I, I have, hey, I have this game on PC. I have this game on cloud. I have this game day one. That's huge for me as a gamer. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rock. I don't know if you guys know who Puerto Rock is. He and I recently made up. Sure. We, we made nice and apologized to each other. Well, I had a fight? Well, so <laughs> he had... <laughs> In his, like, you know how he does a little bit of the console war, but he's never real too serious with it and stuff like that? He had been calling out some people who were being nasty to Digital Foundry on the Xbox side, and he assumed one of my tweets was, but I was actually having a nice conversation with him. And my name was the only one he didn't, like, blank out. And so I was, from some of his rabid fans, and he even admitted, oh, I, I got some rabid fans, you know, he's like, I got some people that, like, that, that aren't very nice. Like, I was getting messages, kill yourself, corporate slave, and stuff like that in my, in my DMs. And I got real mad and called him out. We ended up blocking each other, right? But on Mooch's podcast, everyone kind of had a big kumbaya last Friday. And, like, after the podcast, I hopped in the post show and, like, also had a kumbaya apology with, with Puerto Rock. And, you know, everything's all good. But he had one of the best lines I think I've ever heard Game Pass described as. Game Pass is Xbox's greatest exclusive. It's mm-hmm. not any individual game. It is the He's service right. that is Game Pass, is Xbox's greatest exclusive. Because without any games in 2022, the consoles are still flying off the shelf. Why? Because they're giving games to you for cheap. Right? Very true. And I think that that is why, you know, PlayStation's not putting their stuff on day one. That's always going to be a limiter to their service. But I think that's why we saw the PS Plus Extra and Premium Reband, because those kind of services where, like, you're getting not just, like, one publisher, like EA Player Ubi, right, but where you're getting everyone on it, and you're getting all kinds of different games on it, those are going to be the... some of the future of the casual base because for such a cheap price you're giving them a ton of games to play i think you need the brand new in it in addition to um like the 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 old content library like old content library very important i play there ain't many more people besides maybe shockley on this podcast that plays as many old games as i do right i pull out the ps3 yeah. all the freaking time right um but you need. I think you're going to need the new, and that's why Game Pass is all like until Sony changes their mind and starts putting stuff on day one. If it, you know, if they feel they need to, I think Game Pass is always going to be the superior subscription because of that day one stuff. Now this year it doesn't feel quite as quite as superior. I, I still think it does, but it's not quite as superior, right? Because we don't have like the big star fields and stuff right. launching next year. The first freaking half of the year looks like it looks like what this entire year should have looked like, right? Like it, it looks crazy. <laughs> But that's because everything got moved into it. <laughs> now, I have, like, I, no, 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 you're absolutely right, Crusader, on that. Um, no, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, next year's looking pretty deep, pretty deep. Like, uh, yeah. you know, we've had some pretty big years. I remember 2007 being a pretty awesome year. Lots of huge new, new and old IP. 
2010 was a big year. Two, I don't know. 2023 could uh, blow them out of the water. I mean, let, let's before before we get into um, the Sony stuff because uh, I think fans really want to uh, hear about. It. At least I'm getting DMs about it. Um, what 2022? Let's what's slated for them quickly? They got the, the three big uh, games: Forza, Starfield, Red Fear, Redfall. Then they got Stalker Two. They got Ark Two. Um, what do you guys think is possibly at the end of the year could hit Hellblade too? I think Maybe, I think Hellblade or Avowed could hit. I have a list. Hold on. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I'm like Doctor List, so give me. Not a to mention, there's a couple of. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, MLD. I mean. I was gonna say maybe contraband as well. Like, there's a lot of a lot of unknowns right now. Uh, like Xbox so, publishing could do something as well. Yeah, contraband is is one though. Yeah, that's sure. supposed to hit 2023. We, who knows? It, 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 we, we're still gonna feel COVID into 2026, because uh, development got screwed up in a in a set of gaming in in games with five year game development. Yeah, we're gonna feel that for yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But my list I have is Starfield, Forza, Redfall, Stalker 2, Wo Long, Fallen Dynasty, the game from Koei Tecmo. Right. Well, that's and, a game. That's multi-platform Game Pass. I, I, so. I don't care. It's a Game Pass game. We're getting okay. it on Game Pass. I, mean, right? I think so. Game Pass exclusive. Yeah. Arc, uh, and Arc 2, Arc 2, right? Uh-huh. And then Diablo 3 is also going to be a toss-up if it launches day one. Won't be exclusive, but like it could launch day one if the deal's, if the deal's done, right? Yeah. Right. Um, MLB The Show could also launch back up. Going to be multi-plat, but like, come on, guys. People go crazy for MLB The Show on Game Pass, right? Mm-hmm. So that, 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 that is a good chance of dropping again. Um, f- the Lies of P and Flintlock, right? Did you see the Flintlock game? Flintlock looks great, yes. Uh, and then the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be any good, but oh, I, yeah. I, I felt the oh, no, was no, It's really cool. That's really cool to me. I'm in this... I'm I'm a nostalgic guy. I love the movie. Supposedly takes place all in the movie in the house. Uh, it's totally digitally re uh, uh, step of piece by piece. I'm all into that game. So for me, that's huge. Keep in mind Minecraft Legends as well, but it's not AAA. But Minecraft Legends. Keep in mind, this is all. No, this is crazy. Dark and, Tide. Um. Dark Tide, Dark Tide got well. So Dark Tide could still hit in December, right? They didn't say console twenty twenty three. That's true, but I don't it could know. still hit this year, and so I'm not willing to say it's going to hit next year yet. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to huff the copium. Halo, Halo, probably the endless. Do you think that's possible? I mean, that is possible. Um, maybe in the holiday. Uh, I, I do think that um, Project Belfry, Jeff Grubb and Jez Corden were both shocked that Project Belfry wasn't wasn't listed for the next 12 months uh-huh. so he thinks that so jez is like okay it has to be the second half of next year or else they they upped the scope of the game um so project belfry any of those there's like a billion and a half like xbox game publishing games that are like not announced but like jez corden and jeff grubb have like both corroborated together like either either like th- like one of them either leaked it and the other one added information yeah. or it, and vice versa project um, the projects yeah mm-hmm. and abk's entire now this is, ain't, ain't a brand new thing right but no. abk's entire uh catalog 
should be That'd coming. Be huge. And that's gonna be huge. With that, the I I, I kind of just I think I haven't played a Call of Duty since Ghosts. But I think it'd be really big. I mean, just to have that, like the way Call of Duty is, I just think that just having the whole catalog is 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 really strong. And there's a lot of other games too, like Prototype, um, Tony Hawk, Spyro, Crash. Yeah. Um, For Game Pass for PC, there is one that I didn't mention that is probably going to be one of my game of the years next year, as long as it's freaking good, and I really hope it is. And that's the Aura History Untold, the Civilizations turn-based strategy game. Yeah, I love it. I have like a thousand hours in Civ Six. All right, I I love Civilizations. I love those types of games because I could just kind of like take a couple turns and then go do something else. Like, like they're very, they're very like put down and pick back up games, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Well, and so uh, I have so many hours into it because, like, I, I might leave it open. Like, while I was in college, I'd, I'd, like, I'd read a chapter of my textbook, and then I'd play, like, ten turns, and then I'd read another chapter, right? And they're the perfect kind of game for you got something else to do, but, like, you need to take breaks from that something else to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very – I'm in the I, – I have signed an NDA. I am in the in, – like, in the, 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 the insider alpha – Testing for the that game when it drops. I mean, yeah. I am I am locked in. Nice. I is I remember playing that game, and I remember isn't it like I had played it now going back a way back, but like you 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 could uh, you you have the economy goes down. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's got like all like civilizations has all kinds of different systems, like a monetary system where you have to be making you're, you're, you got to be making more gold than you're spending a turn, and then there's the right. faith system where you found a religion and you're trying to spread your religion, and then there's the um, culture victory where you're trying to generate more culture than your opponents so that they have to set they they have to they have to then you're trying to beat them out by like. Uh, making their tourists come to you versus your tourists going to them. And, you know, there's the military victory where you just go and you act like Genghis Khan and you destroy the world with war. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the science victory where, like, it's either, like, you land, on, you, you you go to another solar system or you land on Mars or it's different in all the games and all the expansions and stuff. And, like, and the newest one, they got global warming that you got to deal with and all kinds of great stuff, right? Like, it, it's... And there's like monopolies you can form if you control like most of the luxury resources. I love Civ Six, man. Civ Six, mm-hmm. if you want a turn-based strategy game, pick up Civ Six's Complete Edition. It's on mm-hmm. Xbox, people. It's on Steam. Where I see Brap in the in the chat, you can play the definitive edition of mm-hmm. the game on PC. No. Uh, nice. Mr. Shout out to Mr. Brap with all of his definitive editions of games on PC. <laughs> Now, I mean, just to pass it off to uh, somebody else on the panel. Again, I'm curious about all the perspectives on this. Um, MLD, bud, I know you've been uh, very patient. Um, I would love to know your thoughts on what Phil said. Like, do you agree with what uh, Tim and Crusader are saying? Um, Like, what what are your thoughts on, uh, like, uh, Phil's comments here in this latest interview? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think what he's saying is just more of the same. And once again, it gets misinterpreted because when he says exclusive, it, it's a funny thing. When he says he says exclusives, people still think, especially on the on the PlayStation camp, they think that it means like, oh, um, g- give me Elder Scrolls now. Give me Starfield. If he believes that exclusives are going away, 
that's not what he's saying. Like, I don't know. He's, it's always exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem. And when fans say it, we really just mean it's a multi-plat, not on PlayStation. Because Xbox hasn't done exclusives, like real exclusives, since, like, what, 2015? So we all know this. We all know what he's actually saying. But, of course, people tend to, like, twist his words around, as they always do. And, of course, we all know exclusives have their place. It brings people into the into your ecosystem. It gets it gets you more Game Pass subs. If everything's multi-plat, everyone's not really going to move over as much. Like, sure, day one Game Pass will get some people to move over, but if you really want to get people to go come over, you do need some hooks. That said, you got things like Call of Duty Minecraft, which are, yeah, like you guys said before, too big for Xbox to contain. That's best suited being everywhere as possible. And he also talked about cross, you know, things like crossplay, where Xbox is a big believer in crossplay. By comparison, Sony, there was those reports where Sony tried to charge developers for crossplay, and they're they're more hesitant to do that by comparison. So it's good for Phil to you know reiterate their commitment to crossplay and, and that kind of stuff. But overall, just um, he also talked about getting more developers in areas where they're not you know they're not typically selling as well. So stay, move away from Europe and North America developers. I'm personally banned on Japan. They need Japanese content right now. Um, Tango is a good developer, but they need more than that. I I personally hope they can go for Sega. EA is a, a EA is nice and all, but they already got to deal with EA Play. They already they got enough Western developers. They need Japanese developers. So I think that's the next play, in my opinion, because Sega they're not too expensive. They're not going to break the bank. They don't have any mega mega IPs, but they do have a lot of games, a lot of developers. And a back catalog that spans like 30 years. So that would be amazing for Game Pass to get. And again, it wouldn't break the bank. Imagine so overall, it's a good yeah? Dreamcast games on Xbox. Like imagine, like, you know how like the Dreamcast games came to Nintendo? Oh yeah. Imagine yeah, exactly. getting like the Dreamcast and like the Sega Saturn and like all of them. Oh yeah, they weren't the greatest consoles. I know. They did sold like two million copies. I don't care. They had good games on them. Oh, I think it's a big deal. It adds up. Nostalgia is a right. very powerful thing. Like, yeah. They a lot of those guys know their dads know. Do an EA Play deal, at the very least. Mere minimum. Get 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 me some of that stuff on, on Game Pass. Like you, They say, no, they don't want to be bought. Then push them and be like, all right, we want your back catalog then. Give us your back catalog. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like It will set Game Pass apart overall from the competition like we guys said before call of Duty on game pass that that to me is a game changer like oh. people will discover these games if if anything only to play the campaigns like it, it's a, it matters it's a big deal a lot, a lot of these games they still have a some some pockets of communities still playing the multiplayer so whatever differentiates game pass from the competition i'm all for that so phil's saying that he's looking for developers not in their traditional markets of xbox selling the most Fantastic. I'm all for that. All right. All right. No, no, it, absolutely. And uh, again, like the whole ecosystem thing, again, it's not just about consoles anymore. It's about, and I think uh, Crusader really hit this on the head. It's about, again, Game Pass as a whole. And Game Pass is going to bring, again, a lot more people into the fold for Xbox through that ecosystem. Um, so there's going to be a lot more driving them than just the console. I mean, we've known that since, you know, their ambitions since about 2017. 
So, or even 16, actually, because they, again, they wanted to go PC and so on. So it's basically the Quantum Break days, <laughs> which, by the way, I love that game. That's a really good game. They should totally get a sequel. No bias there for me, of course. But, <laughs> and hey, I just love it, man. Uh, Centurion Pal, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Do you agree with uh, what the guys are saying, or uh, do you have another thought on uh, Phil's comments? I agree with what they're saying. Um, I mean, what Phil Spencer said, you know, I like how, um, you know, I like how Tim said that Phil always speaks ahead of his time. I mean, I've God, I don't want to seem like I'm obsessed, but I actually enjoyed the message that Phil Spencer put out back in the day when he basically said, my success doesn't need to be built on the success of the Xbox brand. The success that he brings to it doesn't need to be founded on another company's failures or missteps. There's enough room in this, uh, in this mar in the gaming market for people to succeed on both ends. <clears throat> but that's where I'm going to say that of course, there's not going to be parity between the two brands. You're not going to have, every game on this console and every game on that console hell not everything is even on pc i went looking for a game today that i can find on xbox right xbox 360 right now now you got to buy it secondhand but they're not even allowed to sell this game on steam um and that's telltale telltale's jurassic park so Unless you want to go through an underhanded way of actually getting this game. So it just proves not everything is even available on PC. Um, <clears throat> but I also know that Phil Spencer sees the future for the Xbox brand. He knows that a lot of the, you know, they're almost going to be kind of like, a, I guess in a way, like Embracer, how they bring these groups in, but they're not going to just, you know, tear, like if they get a hold of Activision, there's not going to be a truck that shows up to rip down the Activision sign and put up Xbox game studios on the front of the building. It's going to remain Activision blizzard. Um, and that goes with any other arms or companies that they want to um, put in their portfolio. Um, so that's also where I look at it from the perspective of going beyond just looking at the Xbox brand, but from the expansion that we saw in gaming during the pandemic, a lot of these developers saw this expansion. Um, also, we really got to think about it. Game Pass is in its infancy uh, still. Like, this thing has only been around five years, um, six tops. This is something new that is also to developers, and it's also a new generation with the Gen 9 consoles. Developers are wanting to expand their reach. They're not wanting to limit themselves based on uh, how much money they can make a lot. You'll see that there's a lot more resistance in gaming development now to kind of like get yourself in that corner of exclusiveness for one guy or the other. Um, we've seen this with Quantic Dream. Uh, Quantic Dream made a lot of PlayStation games and then they came out and said, hey, we're kind of over that now. We want to make a new multi-plat game. And they they're going to do that with Star Wars Eclipse we're starting to see a lot of developers that are wanting to take a, a take advantage of the systems that are available to them. And one of those systems happens to be game pass. And I would have to agree, agree. Like that is Microsoft's greatest exclusive right now. Um, game pass, not only for the consumer, 
but also the developer. Because one thing that every that every developer knows is just because you put your game in Game Pass doesn't mean that you're exclusive to Game Pass. Somebody trying to say something? No, I was just like, yeah. But for me, that's where I'm just looking at it from. Phil Spencer sees that also in the future that there's going to be a lot less developers that are going to want to kind of corner themselves into being an exclusive game because they have now more avenues available to them on creating revenue and the end game for any developer is to create as much revenue as possible to grow the company to make another game and to keep the cycle going and to keep people employed and keep the passion going for people that enjoy developing games um but that's where you know let's look at it from the other side the consumer you know, Microsoft knows that going beyond just a handful of exclusive games that they could put out every single year, they can also drive exclusiveness to the console with, um, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, what does the consumer look for when they're value to the value to the <laughs> value? It, it goes beyond it goes beyond exclusives. It's also value, and you know before we get into the other conversation for the night, you know, there is people out there that literally have a, like literally three, four five children, maybe more that all want to play games. Microsoft is wanting to come out with the Xbox uh, friends and family plan. There is so many avenues that Xbox is creating value. Another thing is what if your kid regretfully, what if your kid or yourself are regretfully handicapped? Well, Microsoft has a solution with that, with the, the adaptive controller. Microsoft has gone and tried to add as much value to the ecosystem as possible that actually outweighs any handful of exclusive games that anybody can try to grasp at straws that somehow say that these exclusive games give the console relevance. Not really, because if I want to play the damn game, I'll just buy the damn box that it's on. That's all exclusives are going to do for me. But then at the end of the day, let's talk about where you prefer. Like, you could have every console in your house, but it comes down to where do you prefer to spend most of your time? And that's whatever console creates the most value for you, for your investment. And for me, that's Xbox. Um, and that's where I enjoy what Xbox has given to me as value for a customer. And Phil Spencer sees this. Like, there is always going to be those small handful of exclusive games that, that are on PlayStation, that are on Xbox. But at the end of the day, regretfully, we know that the adoption rate for exclusives is very small compared to the bigger picture. I mean, like, look at, Play, look at PlayStation. 100 million sold, but we can only get 20% of them to buy Spider-Man. Yeah, like, I mean, Nintendo. that's pretty bad. You got Nintendo with goddamn, like, Animal Crossing and the so, new, that Mario Kart game that, like, launched with the Switch. And, like, they got the scariest, unbelievable attach rate in the world. Oh, you know what I mean? Dude, like, that, now, when we look that, at Nintendo, man, holy. That shouldn't be counted. You know what I dude, mean? Dude, like, Nintendo literally marches to their own beat. I mean, they're probably selling Kool-Aid yeah. packets with the console. Um, I mean. In their own world. <laughs> Dude, like I saw the attach rate for uh my god, what is it? Zelda Breath of the Wild at like 102%. So we're based every person that owns yeah, well, a Switch well, got that game and then some. Yeah. That was nuts. So, um, definitely I would definitely say exclusives work to a point, 
and Nintendo is definitely that rogue, but well, let's... They <sighs> make their console in such an exclusive way. It's a handheld. You I know? Get, that's true, and, yeah. And, see. like, their, 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 their console is almost like an exclusive, you know what I mean? Like, I liked the concept that back in the day when the Switch came out, everybody was trying to call it a console, and, like, it's more like, I like the term that was coined as it, it's a hybrid. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's a blend of two concepts. Well, it is, well, but know, it isn't. That's why I always put them in their own category, right? Like, I, like I've almost, at this point, like, I, I consider the Switch, the Switch and the Steam Deck go in this, like, one category, right? Like, mm. like it's almost like handhelds should be, like, should be separate, and they've just created a way that you can dock it and play it on a TV as it should be, because, like, I can dock my laptop, you know what I mean, and put it up on a bigger screen. Um, it, it, it's it's great. It, it's, it, it's... N Nintendo out here, look, like, Microsoft and Sony, right, they, they, they look at their boxes, right, and they, they compete directly against each other for this marketplace, right? Nintendo looks at it and be like, how can we create our own marketplace? And that's what they did with the Switch. They, and the Wii. They did it with the Wii as well. They created their own marketplace. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're a very different task to, uh, to the way they go about it. But you're right. They, well, they, if you look at it from a value for a proposition, the value of taking your games with you. It's huge. Yeah. The fact that I can take my games up to the shitter. <laughs> Sorry, oh I'm really God. tired. <laughs> I'm really tired. The fact that I can take well, we my Switch know what Crusader the does. with me is huge. I play Pokemon. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh god, it's I'm not great. even I'm not even going to touch that one in Pokemon <laughs> no, in the bathroom. It's great though, you know. <laughs> I, I'm tired and I don't want to, you know, my feet are sore from it is last night, right? I was I was standing all day for the wedding that I was in. And you know what I did last night? I was all I went up and I laid in bed and I pulled out my Switch and I played my Switch all night. Uh, I don't play my Switch often, but when I do, it, it, it it's one I want to be comfortable and I don't want to be in front of the TV. You know what I mean? And they create, you're right, they created their own value. Mm. And it's insane. And, like, that's one thing I'll always, you know, people rag on Nintendo. Oh, the games don't look as good, or they don't perform as well, or whatever, right? Nintendo out here doing something totally different and having, might have one of the, it's, they're going to have one of the top three best-selling consoles of all time with the Switch, right? Like, I don't even think... That that's really up for yeah. debate. That they're gonna be in the top three. If they'll whether or not they'll they'll take out two or one, that's a who knows. But you know, Microsoft and and Sony in the in the console department, right? They they, they kind of just do the the same thing every time, right? Like it, it is a console you plug into your TV. Nintendo out here trying to reinvent gaming every freaking like six years. You know what I mean? Like the the Wii was nothing like the what the, the GameCube was before the Wii, right? Yeah. Yes, the GameCube. The Wii was came nothing the like Wii. the GameCube. Mm -hmm. You plugged into your TV, but you you were standing in front of the TV like a moron, shaking the shaking the things around all day, and everyone loved it. You know what I mean? We were playing bowling in our living room, and Microsoft kind of tried to do that with the Kinect, but it was always an afterthought. You know what I mean? Whereas with Nintendo, normal games were an afterthought. You know, Call of Duty was an afterthought for Nintendo, and, and how Call of Duty would work right. on their console. They didn't care, right? And so. When anyone ever says anything bad about Nintendo, I'm like, Nintendo's out here doing their own thing, and they're they're like, they they number one with their consoles, like like they 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 killing everyone else right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're doing pretty well. I just wish that they would. I I can't stand their, I, I their store. So I, I can't. Yeah, no, no. Nintendo's 
Nintendo's like online features and like their usability of their console. Yeah, the, the, the 360 did it better. The PS3, for Christ's sake, did it better. The PS3 has like the worst store. I could. It, it's awful. It's awful. But it's still better than the Switch, right? Mm-hmm. And Nintendo needs to get out of the dark ages because they they like just learned peer to peer. Um, you know, they they just learned that they could charge people for online services. You know, but like. You know, you, you're never gonna see. They make such. They make their own games. Like, like when when I'm talking about Mario, you know, I don't really know how to describe it. Besides, it's a Nintendo game. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a 3D platformer, but it's a Nintendo game. And so, Nintendo's the one that I think Phil is saying is gonna be resistive to this move of like m- existing on more than one device, and they're gonna be resistive as long as they can be. Because they don't need to, they they physically do not need to 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 operate in the same way. Because their fans operate in literally a different way, right? Like if if they can get like forty to fifty percent of their console to buy Animal Crossing, I mean, how much to that game? It's fun. It, it's very casual. It's very like family friendly, right? You know what I mean? Like very fun to create your island and everything. But they can get fifty percent of their console, their owners to buy that thing. They don't need to go to PC yet. You know what I mean? They they don't, because that 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 doesn't cost the same cost that like Starfield's gonna cost to make or God of War is gonna cost to make, right? They don't need to they don't need to get that secondary revenue when when they can get all of that revenue on their console. They they don't need it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, at Microsoft and Sony, you know, Phil's not talk. I, I really don't think Phil's talking about Jim Ryan when he's talking about some are gonna be resistive. But Sony's gonna be resistive in their own little Sony way, where like. They want to adapt, but they don't want to adapt too fast. They they, they they want to go in gracefully so that there's no abrupt change to their their revenue streams. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a little annoying as a consumer, but, like, at the end of the day, it, it's business. And, and, like, I can't be mad because at least they got a service, and I like their service, right? They don't got day one stuff that much, but, like, it, it's, it's a good service. Mm-hmm. I agree. Nintendo, Nintendo's going to be the resistive one. Yeah. But, uh, no, no, you make some, uh, good points there, Crusader, and actually the entire panel altogether, um, you know, just to, uh, wind up this topic and move on, uh, you know, Phil Spencer, he really, you know, brought up a lot of different things, a lot of encouraging things, too, whether it be about uh, new technologies, comments about exclusivity, and, you know, just where the Xbox ecosystem's going, and, the acquisition of Activision Blizzard it seems to be progressing quite well but uh, again we'll know more in the coming weeks and uh, yeah there's a lot to a lot of stuff to look forward to um okay guys i think on that we'll move on to our last topic for the night and probably our more contentious <laughs> uh sony recently announced that they'll be raising the price of the playstation 5 consoles across the globe pretty much including select european uh, markets asia africa latin america canada <laughs> man that sucks so yeah basically everywhere but i i don't think the states to be honest i'm pretty sure the states didn't get listed in there funny enough no, nope the united states it is staying the same man the u.s dollar is down bad but not down that bad uh, don't get me started on the canadian dollar um the reason well it's inflationary pressures apparently according to playstation and naturally a large portion of consumers did not like that one bit 
Now, uh, Centurion Buddy, I'll uh, lead off with you on this one. Um, what are your thoughts on Sony's increasing the PlayStation, the the price of the PlayStation Five? Because uh, you know, is that a bad move or was it necessary on their part? Um, it is completely and utterly tone deaf. Um, yeah, bad move. <laughs> um, and you know what? I've seen the people on Twitter that have said some pretty outrageous things about you know making welfare jokes and stuff like that and how like basically shelling out more money for one platform somehow you know it, it like invader imagine you and i bought the exact same car with the exact same mileage but uh you paid more than me does that make you feel special oh well, it makes me feel super special but in the wrong way <laughs> you know that, that that's where i have to kind of chuckle at that but i don't know there's people out there that seem to think that you know like paying a premium for something means it's special so but i mean dude this is completely tone deaf um tone deaf sorry um inflation is a big problem right now but like yeah it's a big problem it's affecting everybody it's starting to get to the point where you can go out to eat and it's cheaper than buying food in the store it's getting ridiculous um and that's where you know like well but sony should be able to like they're wanting to pass off expenses to the customer that they can actually absorb they just got it lowered like it's that whole thing why do you got to make billions why not make hundreds of millions you know but no we got to keep that profit margin up but at the same time, you know, that's why I have to chuckle at my job right now where I work in the department I'm in control of. I've had to absorb inflation for the customer's benefit because you got to stay competitive. Do you know how stupid it looks that you're raising the price for your console and and all your competitors are like, yeah, that's not for us. I mean, like, it's like all of a sudden Sony sees themselves as the market king and that they are untouchable. And that's going to bite them in the ass. Paul Tassi over at Forbes wrote a good article on this. And basically, PlayStation at this point is going down a road and creating the public perception that they are greedy. We're talking, let's look at it right now. PlayStation, home of paying $10 for your game uh, upgrades for, you know, your 4K assets and all the other stuff that makes that game look really good and function differently over on the Microsoft side. Yeah. Free of charge for most stuff, at least first party studio. Let's not bring in third party and all this other stuff, but we're talking first party studio stuff. Microsoft gives you upgrades for free. PlayStation does not PlayStation wants $70 for every game. Doesn't matter if it's even a remake. So you're telling me the Last of Us remake coming out on the PS5 is somehow worth more than when it came out on the original, I think, was it originally a PS3 game? Correct, and then That's it was remastered. On and the, the PS4. original PS3 game came out for 60 bucks, and, and uh, it came with multiplayer. Yeah, there we go. Well, well, shit, no, no, no. They don't get the multiplayer. They don't get this. They don't get that. But they get that $70 price tag. Yeah, cool. Thumb up there. Um, And then finally just it's a more expensive console at this point sony has really at this point i always made the jokes of power to the players i mean payers and yeah i always made the joke but i didn't really see sony wanting to be the one that really kind of did something in gaming that hasn't really been exactly seen before and that's raised the price of a console across the board 
Three now, times it's happened. Well, that I can look, think of. Canada, the in the early 2000s, both Xbox and PlayStation did it specifically in Canada, due to the the recession. Um, Xbox did it specifically in India with the Series X not that long ago because of how bad the the Indian uh, what is it the, the rupee the rupee fell. They yes. they they they, cha- they adjusted it. Uh, so, but only in India. That and that's and, and only in India. Meta that... did it. Meta did it with their um oh, with yeah. the Quest Two. They they raised that... it by a hundred dollars, but then they included uh Beat, Beat Saber for everyone who was going to buy it at the higher cost. That that that's a whole argument in itself, but yeah, that's but they're talking about on a on a large scale price raising. This is probably one of the first times they've seen like an actual like widespread price raise, but that's where like you brought up, yeah, they wrote in Microsoft with the Series X with the rupee. I knew about that one, but that's where we're talking about um, in f- actual currency being devalued. It didn't really strike to me as PlayStation in the concept of manufacturing. That manufacturing has gotten expensive yes but when you're coming out and you're saying that you're have you have record profits you have record this record that everything's making money but we still need more and that's where it's becoming tone deaf there is and it sounds very tone deaf you're absolutely right but there is one big factor that the average person isn't going to understand which is why i believe that they either should have ate it or gave given some kind of digital something Right, they could have given everyone God of War 2018 and not lost a dime. You know what I mean? Game came out in 2018, and they could have used it as co-marketing for for Ragnarok and and, and just rolled with it. You know, with the price increase, they they could have just handed out that game or given everyone some PS extra. Right? Where they're 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 based in Japan. Sony as a corporation, so they're they're backed by the yen, and the yen. I don't know if you guys have watched a graph of the yen, but the yen has tanked, tanked. Right, like, like we're talking U.S. We got record inflation at nine percent, right? Like, it's breaking records since the '40s, um, like, like the Great Depression records, right? I, I don't, I don't know about how is it in Canada. Oh, it's up. I, I don't. It's, it's what it's up. But do you, do you know your rate at all or anything off the top of your head? Because I, I don't. I, I don't want to speak for you guys. It's roughly the same. Like it's we're, we're okay. well, we're breaking records too. So in Japan, in Japan, they're not actually suffering from inflation. The yen is just tanking because of like other, there are other economic reasons. Their inflation rate is actually only like, um, uh, something like two and a half percent. It, 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 their, the currency exchange rates are just atrocious. Normally it's like point oh oh nine dollars per one yen. And now it's like point oh oh seven. I don't, I don't know if that's the exact numbers, but it, it dropped from a nine to a seven, right? Like that's a huge drop in in the in the conversion rate, which actually means, and and China saw the same thing where where their where their currency actually dropped in comparison to the dollar. Microsoft it actually might be cheaper right now for them to produce a console that, than it, than it was, and that's hilarious, right? When you think about that. But for Sony, it is going to cost them a lot more to actually produce their consoles than it normally would because of because they're backed by the yen and the yen is collapsing, right? Um, yet Nintendo isn't doing anything though Nintendo's not doing anything well because number one Nintendo is the only one that actually reports their profit margin and Nintendo's actual profit margins are 29% un 
like unmitigatedly un uh, like no no way to deny it. Nintendo can eat this, right? They can eat this into their their margins are twenty nine percent. Do you have any how ridiculous that is of a margin? Margins are usually like fifteen percent for most things, and they're like double. So from a technology standpoint, we're talking about the fact that we all know when it comes to manufacturing, especially technology, the price goes down over time. Yes. That's why you build at a loss in the beginning and you start getting profits towards the middle of the life cycle. And Nintendo My, and, and PlayStation move away from this. Yep. And PlayStation already came out and said that they were making profits on the PlayStation. Yep. And that's, that's a where Jim Ryan and, special. And and that's where it's just interesting that literally we're talking about a two year old piece of tech is now all of a sudden it's more expensive to to manufacture. Now, maybe as you're saying with the yen, it's going down. It's going to be more expensive for them to manufacture because their currency is literally worth less, right? But like, we're talking they've the introduced – not because the, the parts are any more expensive. It's because their money is physically worth less. They literally – like what they could buy with it like a couple months ago, it, they can buy like only like 80% of what they could buy. Does that make so, sense? Like, Right, but now but like we've it, gotten avenues like with what has been called the PlayStation tax, the, the extra $10 yes. that they charge yep. across the board. That's extra revenue. They have PS Now, oh. and they've re completely oh, revamped that. They I have they have you. created other sources of revenue to offset the costs that they are trying to pass yep. off into the customers during an extreme scene of inflation. And that's where it just comes off as tone deaf, yep. tone deaf because literally they have the money to float this and eat it, but they're choosing not to. Yep. yep. And, and you know, they, they, like I said, you know, maybe, maybe it really kills their margins. Right. And maybe, maybe they really, really don't want to do that because like their margins are totally evaporated. And like, well, I, well, I disagree on ever pushing costs, like because in theory this is a temporary cost right like in theory the market fixes itself eventually right and like everything normalizes exchange rates go back to normal maybe, maybe the inflation is semi-permanent but we like everything kind of adjusts right right and but... and so this is temporary so like you you would expect them to just eat it temporarily right you, you know what i mean or at the very least Give us something. Meta at least gave everyone Beat Saber. You know what I mean? It's yeah, a fifteen dollar game, but I, they gave it to everyone. I think that that being that they didn't have a statement after the uh, outrage and and a lot of the uh, negative comments and uh, negative uh, reaction, um, it doesn't doesn't. I think that they're playing. They're saying, "Hey, uh, we know that it might be a problem." in the United States. So we're not going to raise the prices here, even though we would like to, if we, maybe if we were selling two to one, we would, um, but Hey, we're going to raise the prices and um, we're going to roll with it. And uh, what Pat Tassie's article, I felt was uh, as well. I felt like it made a lot of good points. Um, you don't want perception to start creeping in on your console that, you're greedy or uh, you're in, in Xbox's case, you're spying on them or you're, you know, with DRM and all that stuff. 
Uh, they're playing a dangerous game right here, right now, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, there is a possibility this all blows over and they still sell the same. But there is also a possibility that they start to, you know, erode oh. their, uh, you know, uh, word of mouth. And, you know, Xbox keeps picking up, uh, you know, uh, you know, better value and, and better word of mouth. So Tim, uh, um, there's already reports coming out of Japan and yeah, areas yeah. in Asia that they have basically thrown their hands up and they are no longer interested in the PS in the P in the PlayStation console. Right. They're going to start going towards PC. Yeah. The, the, basically, I, the, the, well, this, this is going to cause them to have a smaller ecosystem. Right. See- the, the truth, the truth, the truth of the matter is, we won't know really if if this was. Uh, as foolish as we think it is, uh, down the line, if they, if they still sell, they're doing awesome, and they're still, you know, uh, you know, doing what they were supposed to, uh, you know, then, you know, uh, it's not going to really affect them. But uh, I just think it's, I think it's dangerous. I think, I, I think it's, it's dangerous even in perception in the United States, because um, anytime you just have that associated with your console. And then, like, you come out with, like, The Last of Us, the remake, and it's $70, and people are like, what's going on here? Uh, people are pissed off just in general with money and inflation and the economics of everything globally. Uh, that it's just, in my opinion, it's just a little tone deaf, and it's just a, a little bit of a risk here. Uh, but uh, I do think, though, um, to what Crusader, Crusader is saying, I'm getting tired too. Um, I do think Sony really is feeling it. You know, the ABK deal when it was announced uh, really hit them hard. Uh, they lost, hard. Yeah, so they've been losing a lot of money, and uh, I just think that they're just trying to, you know. Uh, they're getting a little nervous, maybe. Um, but uh, I, I, I personally, I think they're playing with fire because, uh, just the way gamers are and the way they tend to jump ship, and you know, they don't, you know, they, it's what have you done for me lately mentality. Uh, as we know, we saw it from the P, the 360, the PS2, the PS3 era. To 360, where people jumped off of Pia Sony and they went to 360, and then you sure saw it last generation where it was ridiculous amount of people left Xbox and you know went to PlayStation to the point where they're outselling them more than two to one and like obliterating them in uh, you know markets that Xbox used to you know be competitive. Uh, you know, uh, to now this year where I think Xbox is definitely still behind. They're much more competitive. But, um, yeah, I, I personally think this is going to have an effect in possible areas like UK. UK, you know, I could see them. Uh, I could see uh, Xbox, uh, you know, doing much better. And, and the telltale signs will be where do these consoles sell when they're all readily available. And that's the thing. We're still not at that at well, that, that. Here's point. the scenario for you, Tim, is we are starting to see at least the Xbox side, especially with the Series S. I actually saw a Series X in store for the first time ever, at least out here. Um, like this holiday season, 
if Microsoft comes in and gives, they're already the cheapest console out there if we don't look at the Switch. Um, and if Microsoft comes in and gives a fifty dollar off discount on both consoles for the Christmas, the Christmas um, holiday time when everybody's going to be looking for that that object to get their kid for Christmas or get themselves for Christmas, literally, Sony has a big situation of. I can either go out of my way and pull my hair out and go buy this expensive ass PlayStation five, or I can get this readily available play uh, Xbox, whatever console save myself about at least a hundred bucks. If we're looking at the series X couple hundred dollars, if we're looking at the series S that me and the games 15 bucks gets me all these games. If I go with game pass ultimate, I honestly think that at this holiday season, Microsoft is going to clean house. But keep in mind, too, if they can make them. Keep in mind, too, that's also Nintendo is also not raising their prices either. And Nintendo's still, right. you know, going along very strong, too. Well, that's why I said if we're if we're just comparing Xbox to PlayStation, Microsoft has the potential to be extremely competitive this holiday season. Yes, yes. And we know from just reading the stuff, like in all the stuff that came out in those Brazilian documents and just how PlayStation has been acting lately, they know they are, we all know that PlayStation is scared of the size of Microsoft's wallet. And they know that Microsoft can absorb costs. They can lose, they can, and they can also take a loss on stuff and do things with their products that PlayStation can't because of financial constraints. And that's where if Microsoft wants to be really aggressive this holiday season, all they got to do is discount those consoles. And literally, PlayStation is going to have a hard time with any kind of NPD measurement. Mm -hmm. And again, that's provided they can actually produce them. Phil's already stated that he still thinks that they're going to be hard to find this holiday season, um, especially since holiday season spikes the demand for well, everything. Right. And now the other to also play, I guess, devil's advocate. I think also that there's a partial reason why this price increase is willing to like PlayStation is probably willing to do this and play with fire is the consumers very sadly went out and paid these absorbent costs to scalpers. So PlayStation knew they were leaving money on the table. We the scalper now. Huh? <laughs> you know, the like, I am the captain now from the yeah. we are the scalper now oh right <laughs> pretty much i just laugh it, it basically i even said i was like dude you're showing these companies you're willing to pay more for a product so what happens if they want to raise the price of said product or the next time they they release another console it's at an even more greater price because they're like well last gen you guys are willing to spend a thousand bucks on one of those things now MLD, I'm curious on your thoughts on this one. Like, what what do you think of the uh, PlayStation Five price increase? Do you agree with what the other pan panel members are saying? Oh yeah, pretty much here because I think back to, to the 360 PS3 gen. The PS3 at launch was they were losing so much money on it, but they at least they ate the cost until it, it was sustainable. And the reason why they did that was because they were behind on market share compared to Wii and 360 was doing pretty good. But now I, I can't help but get the impression that because they're enjoying record profits and record, you know, pretty good market share, that they could, that they can afford to do this because they know that in the non-US markets that 
Yeah, they're, they're, people are going to buy a PlayStation regardless. I mean, they got God of War coming out. They know it's. They, they know they can do it. They can pass off any market fluctuations onto the consumer. And not only will they continue to buy it online, they will defend it. They will praise it. And so it's almost like they know that. Like, they raised the price of games to $70, and their fans, eh, okay, it's a premium product. Okay, I'll, I'll pay $70. They're like, oh, okay, no backlash. Sweet, let's see what else we can do. So like Xbox, they do like smart delivery. They charge ten dollars to upgrade games. It, 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 like the B, their BC is behind a paywall. Like you know, like with PS3 games, it's little things like that that keep adding up. That adds to this overall perception that they yeah they are in fact greedy. They are in fact arrogant. Like all like I think just as much as they were in in the beginning of the PS3 gen or like say before the PS3 launched. So. Yeah, I mean, we're all seeing it right now. Like the Japanese uh, gamers on on social media, they're voicing their frustration because, you know, Sony moved their headquarters from Japan to California and, you know, they closed the Japan studio. Like they, they, they see the where the wind is going. They see where Sony is uh, putting the most of their attention and, you know, they see their price increase for their console, for their favorite console. Of course, they, they would be upset. It's just, again, one little thing on top of the other. It creates a certain perception Whereas Xbox, like, all they got to do is ride out this year until the 2023 flood comes. And this is just helping them out, essentially. It gives them goodwill, shows that they're, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're thinking of the consumer here. Day one games on Game Pass, smart delivery. It's just the, the, the two brands and how they do things. They could not be any more different at this point. Like, it's just so clear as day to me right now. Like how Sony is just banking on their on the customers to ride out any storm, despite announcing that their console was profitable last year. So, oh, okay. I mean, if they think they can get away with it, okay. I mean, but they are on thin ice. Like their PR is definitely taking a hit with this one. Mm -hmm. You just caused me a stroke of brilliance, right? So, like you were talking about how the companies, uh, you know, they're looking at stuff and they could be like, we could charge you a thousand dollars, you know, next time because of the scalpers, right? See, I don't know that Microsoft will ever fall into that. And it's not because Microsoft don't want to make money, right? Like, Microsoft wants to make money. But there's a big difference between how Xbox sells is trying to sell their console versus how PlayStation is trying to sell their console. With Xbox, the console is a delivery system for their real thing. And their real thing is Game Pass, right? Like, that's what Microsoft wants at the end of the day. They want you to sub the Game Pass, right? And... So Microsoft, they're going to sell that console as cheap as possible, even if that means a slight loss or a break-even point, right? And so they're going to look at the price of the console, and they're going to put it as low as they physically can because they don't really care about selling that console. They care about getting that gamer on Game Pass. Whereas Sony, right now, they've now made it a business prerogative that when they sell their console, they got to make money off that console, Right. So they're going to sell it for the maximum price that they think they can get away with versus Xbox, who's going to try and sell it at the lowest price that they think they can get away with, all because their distribution models are different. And at the end of the day, I, I think you're going to see a lot a lot of people, especially in the the, the casual department, who don't really who don't really even really care about Game Pass, right? They don't they don't probably don't know what that is, right? But they're going to see the difference in the price for those devices that play basically the same games, right, for the most part. Like, what, probably 98% of the games are the same, would you say? Right? Like, like, like the multi-plats? Something like that. Oh, yeah, like, you, 30, you know, yeah. a really high number 
for 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 like multi-plats versus exclusives. They're not really gonna they're not really gonna care because they're gonna see that Microsoft's selling it as cheap as they can because it's their prerogative to get you on Game Pass. They don't they don't they don't care. You know what I mean? Like they they want to make money, but at the end of the day, where they want to make that money conflicts with selling the console at a high cost and a high profit, right? Whereas Sony, they're trying to make money off the console, so like there's not a real conflict there. You know what I mean? And so that's why Sony's more willing to to raise this price. They want to make that scratch off the console, and I think that's going to hurt them in the long run. I think it's going to really hurt them in the long run. Also, I think it's because essentially Xbox. They, I mean, it's the reality of the situation. They are the ones playing catch up. They're the ones they hungrier for the market share. So it is in their best interest to offer the better deal. Now, people, uh, I've seen on the arguments online where people say, well, say Xbox, they buy all the, up all these publishers and they eventually gain back market share. And, and when they're on top, you, like, what makes you think that they're going to do anything different? Like, uh, 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 basically, be, uh, they'll be like Sony is right now. I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, that I think they'll more or less stay the course to a degree because if you go back on day one games, there will be a massive PR backlash, like when Xbox Live was raising up. They won't, they won't, it's not like they'll all of a sudden take games off PC and, you know, keep, put them back on console only. They, they put into motion the set of events that they cannot walk back. So, and they, they buy these publishers. Oh, are they going to give them away? No, they're going to keep them. They'll, they'll keep making day one Game Pass games. Like, the things they're doing right now, it's going to continue, whether they're where they are now or whether they're on top. Like, these are things that, again, you cannot take back. Yeah, without exactly. massive Game pass PR backlash, right? You know what I mean. Game oh, yeah. Pass might get, Game Pass might go up, and that 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 that's that's a fight for ten years from now. Right. Um, yeah. At the end of the, I think that we it's we've brought up a lot of great points. Um, but for me, uh, you know, I think I think you made the comment, Crusader, where you know you're looking at these games, they're playing the same games, and um, one's costing more than the other. I really feel the most impactful deal will be when Call of Duty hits Game Pass Day One, and uh, I, I really feel like that's going to be the, the pendulum pushing deal. Where here, this is just not good word of mouth. Um, it's not a smart move, and Nintendo and Xbox are very smart to just jump on this. Uh, it's still going around. Listen, the reaction when I saw the news, I was like, "Okay, I gotta work. I've been busy." You know, you guys know that. I'm like, "Don't be so sure." You know, Xbox possibly could follow suit. I doubt it, which I did, but don't be, you know, going too crazy. When I came back to my feed, I had people like, "Yeah, this big corporation." Just people were absolutely, they've lost their minds on Sony. And if they're like, if Microsoft even tries this, it'll be the last straw. Uh, people are mad and people are very upset. And uh, I'm surprised Sony didn't make a comment or didn't deal with it. Uh, but it's still out there. So how long this will take, I just think this is just going to erode their word of mouth. But um, overall, when it comes to value and stuff like that, uh, I really do feel like Xbox is uh, on the right course. Their model's built. They're not changing anything down the road. 
They're never going to go back on day and day. They have cost by. They've built this. The model's up and running. Um, right now, it's just about gaining market share, and uh, they're in good position. And, and it's just crazy to me how gens go. Like, Xbox couldn't do anything right last gen, and Sony did everything right. And now it's like this gen, it seems like Sony's just had numerous errors, and, and Xbox has been pretty smart, like, with everything that they've done, especially with the Series S, the, you know, a lot of people question that, but that's the smartest thing I think that they they, they did because, you know, that thing, this holiday, I like, you're not going to be able to get them, like Phil said, but I do feel like it's going to be a crazy hot ticketed item. I, I do see Xbox maybe taking MPD this, this uh, year and, uh, moving forward, uh, you know, they've just had a lot of, um, they've done a lot of things right. Uh, the only thing that they really had a blemish was the delays, and I think people can understand that with COVID and stuff like that, and, and, and especially with, uh, as Porter Rock says, the uh, Game Pass is the uh, best exclusive for Xbox, which is true. It really has carried them, and I do think it will carry them throughout the year. Tim, mm-hmm. you said something, you know, you're, you're saying the Call of Duty, ex- like when, when Call of Duty goes exclusive, imagine a world, or not exclusive, I'm sorry, where, where Call of Duty comes to Game Pass, imagine a world where we get a day one Call of Duty drop on a discounted Xbox, but the PlayStation still price increased because of inflation. Imagine that world. <laughs> Charge them right? $70 and we get uh, 60 even? Like, imagine a world where... You where where the the Xbox Series S is you know is dropped to like the equivalent of like two hundred and fifty dollars right like that's a permanent drop, and you can get Game Pass and the Call of Duty is going to be day one on it, and then the PlayStation is going to cost like the equivalent of like five hundred and fifty dollars and the mm-hmm. the Call of Duty is going to cost seventy. It it, it, it kind of boggles the mind. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's going to add up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is gonna add up. It's gonna be uh, death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, and the set. Well, not that's only that's what PlayStation's going through, you know. Not only that, but I mean, like you look at call. I mean, Call of Duty's only one cut. I mean, when you're talking about Activision Blizzard, there's yeah. a couple of pretty large IP there. So yep. But yeah, Call of Duty's a big difference maker. Um. I don't know, guys. I know we've uh, gone on for a little while longer than usual. Anyone uh, else want to add anything in before we start heading off? All right. I think on that note, we'll end off tonight's show. And guys, fun stuff tonight, gentlemen, on all the nice discussions. Like, you know, with September around the corner, I'm looking forward to whatever news awaits us. I mean, since it seems like every other game pretty much is getting delayed into 2023 at this point. But, uh, you know, I digress. And, uh, yeah, really great chat uh, about all the topics. And, uh, no, really, really fun night with all you guys. Um, and also a huge shout-out to everyone that tuned in tonight. Saw some familiar faces and some new ones as well. Thank you all for being here. And if you enjoyed our banter tonight, then please consider dropping a like, subbing to the channel. As well, uh, you know, if you want to stick around, uh, make sure, uh, you know, you share all this across social media and you know 
make sure everybody is aware of TXR and this episode in particular. Now, with all that said, let's get to the outros, starting off with General MLD. Buddy, great show tonight. Where can everybody follow you? Oh, yeah, great show. You guys can find me at MLD Ghost on Twitter, gamertag GhostMLD. And yeah, it was a great show, a lot of good topics, and I'm pretty sure Xbox will keep it coming next week, one way or another. Looking forward to it, guys. Mm-hmm. Totally. I totally agree with you, brother. Moving on next, Tim Dog, buddy. Great show tonight. Really, really loved uh, what you said. Where can everybody follow you? Uh, I found Tim Dog on Twitter. Uh, every Sunday night, most Sunday nights, I know I've been very sporadic with a lot of stuff going on in my life right now. Uh, Sunday nights, um, Tuesday nights on TXR, 8 p.m. Uh, great show tonight. Uh, Crusader, MLD, Invader, uh, everyone on the panel, uh, great job, MLD. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, we do a good job here, I think. And, uh, like you said, Invader, um, send out our likes, like it up, send it, send it, send it around. I think people will enjoy the show, uh, the show if they listen to it. Um, you know, let's try to get uh, more people listening in, um, especially when we have good shows like this tonight, put it all in and, uh, we give up, we give given a lot. Uh, you know, uh, happy to be here, and I'll be here next week, and uh, hopefully uh, we get some more news. This, this is when I, you know, for me, it's particularly tough when there's no news. Uh, you know, I've been doing podcasts for now almost 10 years, and when there's no news, uh, it's very hard. But, like, when there's news like this, you can see how dynamic the show is, because we got something to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, about the you know the abk deal so much and uh you know without repeating yourself but um yeah really honestly the panel uh tonight was on fire uh crusader uh you really uh i'm really enjoyed that you've come on the show you really had a super spark and i'm glad that you're also doing other shows with mooch um he's a great guy good friend uh, and a uh, great podcaster too. So good, good on you, and uh, keep keep doing what you're doing. And uh, we'll see you all next week. A lot, Tim. Mm-hmm. Well said, Timmy. Well said. And uh, moving on down here, Centurion buddy. Hey, really great stuff tonight as well. Where can all these fine people follow you at? Um. Uh, well, for those interested, you can find me at Centurion One Three O Seven on YouTube, Xbox Live, and Twitter. You can also find me here every Sunday night on the TXR podcast with this amazing group of gentlemen. And you can also find me every Wednesday over on Gaming Beyond the Box with the amazing guys over there like Wilmy Hood, Bomber, Pentiac, Leo. Uh, it's been an absolute blast being part of that. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun just uh, doing these two shows. All right. Good stuff, my friend. Good stuff. And uh, Crusader, buddy. I mean, uh... I know you're a bit tired, but damn, uh, you must have had some caffeine in you because you were really uh, pumping along tonight. You're getting exhausted, Crusader, right now. An exhausted Crusader gets loud um, and loses all ability to have a filter. And I, I do have to say that I'm happy Exhausted Crusader came out tonight because this is probably 
my favorite episode of this show that I've been on since the first one. And the first one's always going to hold a special place because that was my first podcast ever. But, like, this this was great tonight. All of the back and forth from everyone, you know, all, all the great conversations we had. You know, great, great show, everyone. Um, I also get sappy when, when I'm tired. So, you know, great show. Um, everyone can find me at Crusader3456 on, like, every social media platform and every, you know, console, you know, and Steam and stuff. Just, you'll, you'll find me if you look up Crusader3456. Just look for Garrus. Yeah, no, you're right. Look for Garrus, guys. And, uh, yeah, to round out uh, the crew, uh, you can find my content over on YouTube at Invader Gaming. I've been dropping some Warhammer 40k gameplay for Space Marine uh, recently, so if you want to check that out, go right ahead. Also planning on doing some more reviews soon. Also, check me out on Twitter at Invader underscore 18886. Really good show tonight, and we look forward to seeing you all here on the next one. Later, everyone. See ya.